This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald, sitting in a very special chair, I hear. <laughs> the throne, the new throne of the uh, house. I wasn't going to put it in the living room, but it uh, didn't go over very well. Uh, yes, the great Frazier, who uh, I was just thinking about the other day, how much of a fucking legend he was on this past trip, and how he always is, and he always surprises me with something, and uh, just what a fucking great dude. Um. Yeah, I'm sitting in uh, a Wrestle Kingdom ringside chair uh, that he was able to uh, to get me. Um, we met outside the Fridays, right at that ramp where the uh, Tokyo Dome is, where they do the loading. Um, met him right out there, handed me that chair, and I took it back to the hotel. And it was waiting for me. I shipped it back um, from the hotel to my house, and it was waiting for me. As I pulled into the driveway coming home, um, it got here before I did. And I tell you what, my hotel was awesome, too, because they they turned into MacGyver trying to uh, wrap this thing. They did it. They, they got out, like, two boxes and an X-Acto knife, and they, they were having fun with it. Like, if you did this in America, they'd look at you funny first, and then they'd be like, nah, you figure it out. They, they just did it. Um yeah, so I'm sitting in uh, a ringside uh, seat at, from uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It's pretty, uh, honestly, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna call it, not gonna lie. I don't know what to do with all my merchandise because I've got a lot of cool stuff. I've got a couple of those muffler towels, and I've got Tai Chi one. I've got that Tai Chi poster, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't know what to do with all this merchandise because we have we've got a spare bedroom, and Mal- I, I asked Mally, I said, can I put this stuff up? in the spare bedroom, where I do my podcasting from. Okay. And she said, yeah, whatever, fine, you can do that. But she also uses this room for uh, bikini waxing. And I'm just worried what people are going to think when they come into this room for bikini waxing and there's like a, a full-length poster of Tai Chi on the wall. Right. <laughs> I think I think they'd be like, I'm in the right spot. <laughs> I'm in a place where this person knows what they're doing. Uh, obviously. Um I have the same problem too, Joel. I have a pile of <clears throat> new merch that some of which is unopened, some of which is opened and looked at once. Um, and it's kind of sitting here, and I haven't put it away, but I, but I don't really have a haven't really sorted out a spot for some of the stuff. Like some of the stuff I got to hang up, some of the stuff I got to frame, some of the stuff I got to just put away. But um, yeah, it's it, but but here's the thing: I, I will say this: it is a bit of a dilemma every year I have. Um, Every year, it's like, okay, so what do I... I got this. I still have that, by the way. I still have that um, El Desperado piggy bank. But I'm, but it's now it's now officially a part of my office decor. So I'm, I hate to say it, Joe, but it's now mine. I was going to give it to you, but now it's mine. I'm using it now. Um, but it's a good cause. Save up the pennies for the next trip. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's actually holding right now a bag full of... Um, I call it the Bobo change. Um, so when we're there, we separate the 500 yen coins and the 100 yen coins because they're the ones that 
get used more often, right? But like like the I guess the equivalent of like the US dime or the US nickel or the US penny, we call them the bobo coins and we kind of put them aside cuz there's hardly I don't know. I I I feel like you know, I don't know. I I, I and I could be dead wrong in this assumption, but I just feel like like people just find those to be more of a hassle and they're hard to get away. You know, it, I don't know. It's just easier for me as a dumb American to just give them the you know the hundred yen and the and the five hundred yens and pay for everything I got, but um, Cheryl had this fucking bag of change and she didn't know what to do with it, and we were at the airport and we were going to find a way to get rid of it and we just we never did. We wound up really moving pretty quickly through the airports and not really having a lot of time. So she's in uh, was she in Chicago? Yeah, she's in Chicago and she gets pulled over. In the, in the in the line, and uh, the lady was like, "You know, you have a bag full of change." She's just like, "Yeah, I have a bag full of change, but I don't know what to do with it, and I didn't want to leave it, and you know." And she's like, oh, "Okay," so you know, and she doesn't take well to these situations. Like, you, you take her out of line. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna get arrested," and I'm, I didn't do anything. And, um, so I see your face, and I was just like, "Wait, wait, I'll, I'll be there when I get through. Everything's fine." Um. I know you're not smuggling heroin. Um, so, yeah, she's like, she pulled me out of line because I had change. If you know I had change, why would you pull me? Like, why is that a question? Like, why would that be, like, a, a thing that you would pull me out of line of knowing that what it is? Like, it's not like, what what is that bag full? It's change. Oh, okay. It's You told me I had a bag full of change. Why is that an issue? <laughs> why, why, why am I being pulled out in line? Because you know there's a bag of change. Yes, I know there's a bag of change. I fucking put it there. Thank you. That's that's my uh, that's my complaint of of, of the uh, American airport system uh, today. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I won't ask Andrew for a stinger for that one. No, I don't, don't know if that's going to be a recurring segment. No. Mm. Mm. What the hell are we going to talk about this week, David? Yeah. Jim Cornette on Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> Did you listen to that? I, I really didn't want to, but you were so insistent. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I regretted it immediately. <laughs> did you? Because I, I had to play that on speaker because oh. I didn't have my earphones handy. And Molly was next to me and she was like, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> right. And I tried to explain it and that just made things worse. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't explain it. I would never. How would you explain it? Like, here's the thing, though. And call me naive and call me just out of the loop. But I didn't know that was a thing, like in the sense of uh, a lot of these wrestlers are using Patreon to. I don't even. I don't even know if it's a lot. I mean, we'll just say some are using this platform as a way to sell um, provocative pictures and such of them. And I guess there was a certain fucking tier. And I, I, I listen. If anybody, I'll make it. A, I'll make it a ten dollar tier. If anybody wants to hear me take a dump, <laughs> imagine if anybody would want that. Uh, but apparently, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, yeah, I was I was actually listening to uh, Jim Cornette's podcast. And why? I, because <laughs> ask. I, I honestly enjoy it. I do. Um, I think um, again. Behind all the 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 shtick, and I think a lot of it is shticky, cornet. Um, but 
I, I, there, there are pockets of interesting stories that I like to hear. I like old pro wrestling road stories. Uh, it's it's kind of like my little fucking thing. I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, you may not agree with Jim Cornette and his world views or his wrestling views or all that. And I get it. I can under, certainly understand. But there are, there is that little segment of I really enjoy an old 1986 road story with fucking, you know, Arn Anderson. Or I don't know. Um, Preferably one that doesn't turn into hate crimes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly, right. Um, so he had, and I, don't, I forget the name of his uh, co-host, but they were talking about Tessa winning the title, the TNA title, and then it kind of segued into... Uh, you know, the issues that she was having online and, you know, the other uh, performers were kind of, you know, well, you all know the story. She sent out that tweet kind of, you know, women should stick behind each other and, you know, whatever it was or be positive or whatever it was. Uh, and, and I know her thought process was, uh, you know, this is just going to be a, an innocent tweet and, you know, just to kind of gain likes or something. And then all of a sudden, the backlash hit, and uh, some stories came out of her treating wrestlers highly inappropriately. Um, and she, and, and apparently, she had a history of it. She has a history of it. Um, anyway, it kind of turned to apparently there is a, a an audio tape out there that I, that again someone paid for with apparently it's her. Like they they were saying it was her. Um, Doing like, I, I like a sexual fetish type video of her taking a shit, and it, it was wasn't a video, was it? It was just audio. I think it was just audio. Yeah, yeah. But no, she's talking about it, like, and she's like, like she. <laughs> it's good <but>, commentary, <laughs> director's commentary. Right, right. This is like the director, but she's talking about it in the fucking bowl, and she's like saying, "Oh, you want to watch this go down, or you you want to see it, or something like that." So I'm I'm gathering your fucking videotaping it, right? I think, I I think, like, why would you just pay for audio? I don't know. Well, that was my understanding. I thought someone had just paid for audio of it, which is why, you know. Can't, do you, I was going to ask, having listened to it, do you think she was at... Why the fuck am I talking about this? I, <laughs> I don't care. I do. I sure do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded real. It sounded legit. It didn't sound like somebody just fucking taking their hand and being like, I just shit, uh, pretty hot. Um, you know what I mean? It didn't sound like that. It, did, it sounded legit. Like, it had the same kind of fucking density and like that fucking hollow pinging sound of a good fart and a fucking toy. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, just think about who we know, people that we know are listening yeah. to this. I know, I know, I know. What well, they must think of us now. They must think that we're fucking, they were waiting for this. They were, they, they were like, they got to open with this. Um, but it did sound, it had that hollow, you know, fucking toilet sound. Uh, <laughs> Right, 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 right. You can't replicate that. That's very difficult. Um, yeah, I'm believing it. I, and then, I thought I did a pretty good job just then. That was pretty good. <laughs> in fact. case you're wondering, listeners, I'm not having a poo right now. That was just me imitating the sound of doing a poo. But if you want to pay us to pay, <laughs> um, and you know she's doing all this sexy talk and you know talking about how how oh you like when I do this and you uh, you're probably jacking it right now and blah blah blah. And, you know, 
course, Cornette, and the, you know he there he's cracking up, and he can't believe what the hell's going on, and uh, you know just the usual potty humor that I so thoroughly enjoy. But yeah, I was like, it was one. It was a funny bit. I I think it was a. It really was a funny. I was laughing, um, and two. I guess I I gotta throw out the question. Like that's a thing, Joel. Do you know if that's that's a that's a big th- is that a big thing with with a lot of the um, the uh, the women performers? I don't, I don't hear a lot of it with the, with the with the guy performers. What are you asking me? I don't know. I no idea, mate. Because you you're more tuned into. I'm not saying you're tuned into the fucking dark underbelly of of uh, of Patreon, but um. Like I think you're just more clued in on the on the social. You would hear more buzz about that kind of shit, right? If it, <laughs> if it's a, no, no, am I wrong? You don't. You, you, you maybe, others, maybe I'll open it up to a Twitter poll. Would you want me to ask the listeners if they if they get uh, sexual pleasure from listening to people going to the toilet? I don't know if that's the one I want. I, but I'm just wondering if like like like. Or are there lots of wrestlers doing this? Yeah, that's side? what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Like, is there like a fucking you know? Could you get like a snuff film or something? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, I'm just asking. I don't know. I don't know what's out there. You know, I'm just asking. Um, a snuff isn't a snuff film when someone's yeah. getting killed. Yeah, in the yeah, film. It, it is. It is. So, which <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying I want to want that, but, um, but yeah, it's like, is I mean, do you like? I don't know. Like, are you selling, like, panties and shit? Or, like, I just don't know what it is. Like, do you get, like, nudes? Or, I, I, like, I just don't know how it's being used. And that- Did you hear about that lady who was selling her used bathwater? Ugh, really? Well. Yeah, you like, didn't hear about that? No. Like, a wrestler or just a, a person in general? No, it was just, like, some Instagram celebrity. And she's selling her bathwater? Oof. Yeah, let me let me get the details. Yeah, this, please, I, I, blow your I, mind. Give, give yeah. me a minute. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can fucking I can ramble on about that. And like, there's this whole, um, and I see it a lot. And I don't even know how I see it on Reddit, um, <laughs> other than I subscribe to the fucking uh, subreddit. Um, like these anime. That was your first mistake going on Reddit. Yeah, well, you got that right. I found, uh, I found it here. So this okay. is uh, her name is Belle Delphine, a not safe for work Instagram cosplay star. Right. Who sold her own bath water, thirty dollars a bottle, and it sold out in three days. Holy shit! I mean, look, I I can appreciate a very attractive woman without question. I mean, it's maybe my favorite thing in the world. Um. I don't think I would buy anyone's bathwater. Like, what do you do with that? Like, it just sits in a in a in a in a vase. I mean, I don't like. How do you bring that up in conversation? Oh, what do you got there? Ah, oh, it's what's her name, Lexi Bell or whatever her name is. Uh, it's her. It's it's bathwater. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What is that? Yeah, it's bathwater. It's your bathwater. No, no, no. I paid thirty dollars for it for, because some girl sat in it. Oh, so what do you do with it? Oh, it just sits there. Okay. Like I don't, I don't understand. Like I would understand you buying, not you, Joe, of course, but uh, a person buying, like, um, you know how you can. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying these things. You know how you can get um, flashlights molded in like the apparently the same anatomically correct proportions of your favorite porn star. 
Yeah. No. Okay. I have. I have seen because okay. um, when we go to Japan, me and Mally, just out of sort of pure curiosity, we like to walk around the sex shops and just see the kind of like wacky shit that they have for sale there. And pure curiosity. Yeah, that was one of them, and that, that was an experience. <laughs> right. The anatomically, yeah, like like literally. I mean, how do they do that? Like, who cares? Like, oh yeah, her her butthole is a millimeter tighter. You might want to pick her up. Oh, okay, good. I'm in. Um, <laughs> that that is a, a little quote that can be taken out of context and used <laughs> in the future. Please, I'm sure. Yeah, edit that, Dan. Isolate that audio. Um, but it's just like that kind of like I like. There's that whole subgenre of of um, cosplay girls, and 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 are there? Here's the thing, though. I mean, it's always cosplay girls. The guys are just fucking. We are the worst. Like we, like I, I. One of the funniest comments that we I've ever heard about our show is that we sexualize everything. And I was like, yeah, we would sexualize a fucking trash can outside. Um, yeah, it's not just us doing that. It's fucking it's YouTube everybody. how to do that as well. That's well, the, yeah. they're leaning into it very, very heavily. Yeah, and if they want to start selling, I don't know. Carl Fredericks used trunks, then I'm sure there'd be a market for it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can go to Totacon. I guarantee you, you could go to Totacon right now and buy like, like a lot of the the female performers, not only gear, and you could buy the, the guys' gear too. But there are intimate apparel that you could buy from specifically the girls, right? The the the, the female performers, um, and why? Because there's this because guys are fucking just the worst like we find the weirdest things to get off on and bathwater. like again what do you how do you i mean how do you i don't even know how you would sexualize that what do you do with that joel do you drink it do you think they drink it i don't know because if you put like bubble bath or soap or stuff in there then it would it might make you sick wouldn't it I think it. I think just drinking it in general, right? I mean, that. But that's the point. Like, you want to get as close to that person as possible. I guess is that what it is? Is that the like the angle that they're going for? And what could be what could be any closer than water that may have passed through her buttocks and her butthole, right? I mean, what could be what could be more? I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, aside going on the show reel that we're sending to Harold May. Yeah, this is this is this is definitely it. But but it's like like aside from her eating something and throwing up and putting it in a fucking Tupperware bin and mailing it to you, how? Oh no! Well, I guess you you got you got you got a whole another level with the uh, the the uh, poopy and peepees probably too, right? That's probably another whole another layer. That is that legal? Can you mail poop in the mail? I don't think you can. Could no, you? There's got to be rules you, against that. Yeah, there's got to be rules against that. So I guess it starts and ends with bathwater, right? I guess it, I guess that's really the like the the, the in legalese. It's probably the uh, the fine line. Bathwater. That's fucking amazing. Why well, don't? Can I ask a question? Like, all right. And again, I don't. I'm not a part of this world, so I don't know. I'm asking, and I'm I'm reaching out to our listeners because I guarantee you, there's somebody who's done this. <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you, one of our listeners probably does. Like, what's the point of it? What, right, right. So, I guess one, what's the point? And two, why wouldn't you just save your money and go 
somewhere where they can take care of these kind of things, right? I mean, there's plenty of places you can go to get that that shit taken care of, right? Um, why not? Why not do that? Would not be better? Would not be better? Or is it just the awkwardness of the of the of the social interaction of making that happen? That's weird for the for the guy. I suspect she was counting on the fact that horny people make bad decisions. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where if you you know. Have a little wank, and then afterwards, in with a clearer frame of mind, you'd be like, I'm not paying $30 for used bath water. Right. mental. Right, right. But right. in the heat of the moment, you're thinking, yes, this is definitely a good idea and something I want to spend my hard-earned cash on. Right. Where in the cold light of day, <laughs> you might think, hmm, was this a wise decision? Right. And, and honestly, that is the strip club model. You know what I mean? That is the business model for those type of ventures. Guys make terrible decisions when... Uh, blood flow occurs. Yeah. Guys make terrible decisions. We become idiots. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, li- listen, 20 minutes in, I think we got a good, uh, we got a good start here. We're, we're the, 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 <laughs> the, the engine is, is warmed up. We're, we're well lubricated. And uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how we top this. I say we just stop right now. <laughs> Well, it's better than last week's show. Last week, oh man, what a depressing effort that was. But uh, anyway, we're a hot start here. Let's get into some of the news topics. With the Tokyo Olympics coming up, New Japan's Kazuchika Okada has proposed that kind of mega show is put on at the same time to showcase the next generation of pro wrestling, such as All Japan's Kento Miyahara and Noah's Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, do you think it will happen, Damon? And if so, what do you see this show looking like? Well, I think... Um... They do have a history of, of doing shows of this type. Um, will I? Will do I think it will happen? Hmm. I'm going to give you a solid sixty forty. No, but we got a forty percent chance. Like they again, they they all they love the Olympics, man. They really do. Um, I they've been hyped for these fucking summer games. For it feels like forever. The Do you minute, like the Olympics, Damon? Because I I don't care for it personally. No, I don't like the summer ones. I find the summer ones incredibly boring. Like to me, watching people running around in a circle does zilcho for me. Um, I'm trying to think of like what summer event is my favorite, and I don't like the like the swimming is boring to me. Diving, I guess I can get into a little bit, but not. I mean, it's certainly not on my radar. Um, maybe the basketball is interesting to me. Um, no, I would, I would say I'm definitely more a winter Olympic guy than I am a summer Olympic guy. It doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. Here's the thing. Okay. And yeah, it's going to be fucking balls ass hot there. I don't think people understand the levels of heat there. Like some schmo from Denmark is going to come over for the first time to to Tokyo in the middle of fucking summer and they are going to melt Right, so, so I was just wondering, David, are you throwing shade at a specific Danish wrestling fan? No, no, no. But no, when no, you said no. the first time, that ruled it out, didn't it? Right, yeah, no. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking of a Scandinavian com- uh, country where maybe it's uh, the climate is a little cooler. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like Jesus Christ, they don't know what they're getting themselves into with this heat. It's fucking brutal. Yeah, they. I don't think they. I don't think they have a a, a clue. What they're getting into, um, yeah. No, to answer the question, I'm not, I'm not a big. Uh, but uh, to answer the question, the original question, uh, 
they like uh, they take pride in that. They they really it really feels like they have a very huge sense of pride. The whole country and the, and the whole country seems to get into it. I mean, I'm sure there's pocket of people that are like I don't give a fuck. Um, but I think by and large everybody kind of gets into it and um I think that the pro wrestling companies are more inclined to do something like that with that mindset. Um, again, do I think it's going to happen? I would lean more toward no, but, um, you know, the idea is out there. So I'm sure it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, ah, how about Okada talking about that? Yeah, it's crazy. Ah, that'd be crazy if we did something like that. Yeah, would it? Yeah, maybe it wouldn't. And then it kind of snowballs from there. Um, so, Again, 60-40, I say no, but um, hey, 40, is that's a, that's a good number. It seems like if there is a cause, then these companies will sort of rally around that to put on a show like this. Like, for example, last year there was the Giant Barba Memorial Show, and we had a show which was entertaining, but it's a series of tag matches, mm. interpromotional tag matches, where you've got the heels on one side, the baby faces on the other side, and there's always at least one guy when you look at the lineup that you know is taking that fall. Because if you're listening to this news and thinking, oh, we're going to get Okada versus Kento. No. No, it's not going to happen. More likely, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you get a, a main event that's something like, like I said on Twitter, like uh, Kento Miyahara and Kaito Kiyomiya versus Kazuchika Okada and like Yoshihashi or someone right. like that. So someone where for political reasons they can easily take the fall and none of the companies are going to look weak. So you're not going to get any mouth-watering dream matches. I think the best you can hope for is a fun show with some fun interactions and uh, lots of tag matches. Yeah, lots of tag matches, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, you're not going to get that blow-away main event dream match um, that I think everybody would, would... I don't know if, even if it prefers the right word, but would you know salivate over. Yeah, you're not getting that. So, um, But... You know the idea on in, in concept of this uh, you know worlds coming together kind of kind of show. Again, I'm I'm throwing it out there as sixty forty. What I would love is if they did do like Kaito Kiyomiya against Kazuchika Okada because uh, and like having a proper match. You know, it's going full length with a decisive finish because then you get all like the deep puro nerds on Twitter who'd have to try and praise the match and praise Kiyomiya but also bury Okada at the same time. And it would be fun seeing them do those sorts of mental gymnastics. <laughs> uh, I, look, the, the best part about pro wrestling fandom, Joel, is the fact that you, you do have these little pockets, little pockets, um, and everybody tries to uh, rally around their own cause. And sometimes it's, uh, I don't know, objectivity is certainly not the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the choice for, for most, but... Um, I do appreciate the fact that they, they they try as hard as they can to uh, to to raise their flag and rally around their cause. Every one of them, they're they're lovely, lovely. Yeah, it was a joke, by the way. I was doing a bit. Mm. I love you all, and you, know, you like whatever you like. I I just, I just I couldn't give less of a shit about someone disliking something that I like or someone liking something that I dislike. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on. Anders on Twitter says, what do you see New Japan doing during the Olympics? Having a tour abroad, giving the wrestlers the summer off, perhaps? Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of them will be overseas. Um, I had uh, a bit of a schedule. When did, I, I see, here's the problem. I don't know when exactly the Olympics start. 
be I don't I, I I'm I'm assuming like late July August right. Um, I know uh, that they're doing Texas in July, aren't they? Didn't we hear that? Is that when they're doing Texas? Uh, rumors. We have heard rumors. Oh, right, we've heard rumors. Right. Sorry, my bad. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, they take that opportunity. Because here's the thing: they're not going to be able to run shows. Um, buildings are going to be booked in Tokyo and surrounding suburbs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I if they want to work, they're going to have to be somewhere else. Um, I don't think they're just going to be sitting around watching the swimming, watching the breaststroke. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would I would assume that uh, we'll see quite a few New Japan Pro Wrestling superstars <laughs> uh, in other countries during that time. And speaking of which, we have some announcements with Lions Break Project Three coming to Tampa on Thursday, April second, with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Ren Narita, Carl Fredericks, Alex Coglin, and Clark Connors already confirmed. And interesting thing about this is Sakura Genesis is March the thirty first, and okay, obviously this Lions Break Project Three is a small show, but do you think there's any uh, chance that Tanahashi will not be at Sakura Genesis in Sumo Hall? Is that enough time from March 31st to get to Tampa for April the 2nd. Um, yeah, because you're actually going back in time. Um, so, it, like, as an interesting side note, um, we left Haneda at, like, 10.30 on a Friday, and we got to Chicago at 7.30 on a Friday. Right? So um, you, I, we went back in time. A time machine I was in. And, uh, Speaking of going back in time, Damon, sorry to interrupt. Did you, no, you see that the the time splitters reunited? I did see that. Yes, for NXT, I did see uh, <clears throat> nice. I mean, listen, they're going to. I mean, it's nice in theory, right? It's nice on paper, but you know, it's kind of hard to get excited over uh, the idea of them in that promotion. <laughs> it's not going to be the same time splitters that we saw, you know, four years ago. Did so? You haven't seen the results of the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Oh, I haven't. Give me Are we doing spoilers? Because I'm not going to watch it, but go ahead. Okay, if you want to avoid spoilers, then skip the next minute or so. Yeah. Uh, the time split is lost in the first round. Wow. There you go. See? All right. <laughs> Fuck it. They should have gone back in time and not joined WWE. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> uh, that company just fucking... What a pack of numb nuts they are. Unbelievable. Right, well, look, what are you going to do? I, I mean, I can't. I just find it amazing that company finds new, just awesome ways of taking the – Joel, there was no one on this planet Earth that was hotter than Shinsuke Nakamura. You know what I mean? There was really no one hotter. There was no one hotter than AJ going into WWE. And, man, they just find fucking ways to just make them vanilla fucking white unbuttered toast. Ugh. Un- I I just I I just I don't I, I, what I just shrug my shoulders. Why anyone? Why anyone? Like I look at like Apollo Cruz and I look at like um, oh, there's so many names. You can just go down the fucking list. And I I look at Kushida, and I'm just like, what do you what were you thinking, my man? I, I, I what, Kenta. What what do you, what were you thinking? Oh well, not not to get on that fucking soapbox, but man, that company just fine. Again, I don't even think they do it accidentally. They they intentionally do it, and I just, whew, 
I, I don't. It's like say, like it's like having a Porsche and then being like, well, yeah, let me put this fucking, you know, Ford Fiesta engine in there. <laughs> I don't. Why would you do this? Oh, fucking A. Pro wrestling. All right. Sorry. Right. I'm going to jump in here, Damon, and ask a question because I've got to open the door for Mally, who's just come home. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the fact that New Japan are running a small show at WrestleMania weekend and not a big one? Okay. Um, so, we, uh, we, had, we had some whispers that it was going to be of this ilk. Um, I don't necessarily... It's weird because now we're getting all these announcements, right? We're getting uh, Ring of Honor using tons of New Japan talent, which is, you know, I, I can't say it goes against the grain of anything that we've heard with the relationship. Because truth be told, you know, these guys can work wherever they want to work. <laughs> they have the they have the availability. They're going over. They're not working New Japan dates. Um, so they're going to get work. Um, and they're already there for other events like Jay White's there for um, the Tamatanga party, the Bullet Club party. Um, yeah, so can I just read out the list of people who are working on the show? So we got El Fantasmo, yeah. Kenta, Ishimori, Osprey, and Jay White confirmed for the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor show, and Osprey, Shingo, Zack Sabre Jr. for WrestleCon. Uh, we got Minoru Suzuki versus Chris Dickinson at Bloodsport. We got John Moxley versus Josh Barnett at the same show. Rocky Romero, I believe, is confirmed for Pancakes and Pile Driver. So. A lot of New Japan talent will be over there at the time. Yeah, and I guess, like I said, it's a, it is a it is an, a, a weekend where if you're available, you'll want to work that weekend. Um, not only just to work and get paid, but you know to reestablish old contacts, old friends, and make new ones. Um, so. I'm not surprised by the fact that there is New Japan talent working on these shows. I'm actually quite happy that New Japan talent is working these, these you know, we'll call them is it Ring of Honor super shows. I'm actually very happy with that. With that being said, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that relationship thing with Ring of Honor. Um being either strengthened or weakened, it's it's really one show. And it's really a show where these guys are already there, so why not get the dates? And even though we talk about that Ring of Honor thing is pretty much on life support, um, it is some, there is something to be said about that weekend and that those shows' availability um, and it being kind of like a one-time thing where, yeah, I'm available, let's work that show. And we do have this still relationship um in, in in whatever degree it currently is now i will say this and i know a lot a lot of people are probably making more of this than what it actually is but it can only help and i think it's that marty squirrel thing i mean that helps i think a lot of these dates were booked before marty um but him being there and him being uh a voice in that locker room i think it, i think that can only help Right, I think it can only help that. So again, I, I'm not reading too much into the Ring of Honor thing. Um, I think it helps the relationship, but keep in mind that a lot of these new Japan guys were already going to be there that weekend. There is that again relationship. I'll put it in air quotes. So you know, why not take advantage of it and 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 work and get paid? Um, and 
wrestle on a pretty fun show and maybe wrestle people that you never wrestled before. So um, there's a lot of pluses to that. So um, all good there in Tampa. Yeah, so we don't know what the long-term prospects are, but for me personally, I'm interested in watching Supercard of Honor just to see how it plays out and if there's going to be any seeds sown for long-term storylines because if they can uh, get those New Japan guys or the Bullet Club guys to appear in future shows down the line, then I think that would be a smart move. But obviously, they can't make the same mistakes that they did last time and rely on them completely and not build up their own homegrown stars. Because ideally, what you want to do is maybe have a guy like, let's say, Jay White, win your ROH title and then have your own homegrown star built up as the challenger and chase them for six months or whatever to finally uh, beat them for the title somewhere down the line. But uh, we'll wait and see as far as that goes. Are you seeing all these talent announced? Are you at all tempted to travel to Tampa for the weekend? Yes. Yeah, actually, I, I was. And it's kind of like it's, we're, we're calling it, you know, that that uh, strip club kind of mentality of, you know, you're just seeing all these lineups and you're like, ah. Oh. This this would be fun to go to. This would be this would be interesting. So, I mean, I did kind of take a look at what what it might set me back to to do that. Um, I'd love to. I mean, there, I mean, I I would. I think um, I think a lot of these shows look very interesting on paper. Um, they have talent that I like to see live. Um, so uh, I'll give it a I'll give it a definitely maybe. How about that? Definitely, maybe. I got, what, two two months or so to kind of find a way to do it. I, I'm going to I'm gonna say right now, probably not, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, stranger things have happened. So, um, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, I, I would never go to Mania. Like, Mania would just, would feel, like, I would be out the door before Mania. That's Sunday I would go home, but. All those, it's a fun weekend. I mean, you know it. It's a, that was a fun weekend, right? Yeah, it was great. I had a wonderful time. And yeah, it was just quite remarkable that everyone calls it WrestleMania weekend, but the amount of people who were just leaving before WrestleMania even started was, <laughs> was quite yeah. remarkable. But uh, yeah, there you go. I mean, if I lived in the States, I would definitely be tempted. Although, with these WrestleCon Super Shows, they always look on paper a lot more exciting and memorable than they turn out to be mm. because. Yeah, last year I thought it was a really good show, but then it, it seems that everyone forgets about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember the the one uh, Suzuki Zack uh, Tanahashi Osprey match was really pretty good. I think it was a Rev Pro. That was show. a Rev Pro show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what at the WrestleCon Super Show, I believe, was it Osprey versus Bandido? Bandido. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember anything about that match? I do. I remember a couple dives, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I, that was pretty good. And I, I'll tell you what. What's weird is like I was I'm watching some uh, 2009 best of matches um, just to kind of because uh, the boys at uh, Voices of Wrestling sent over uh, a ballot for me for their match of the year, and so I'm rewatching some stuff, and I came across that. Uh, Bandito will match from Best of the Super Juniors. Man, that was a fucking good match. And it's like, you know, it's one of those matches where it's like, you know, you're kind of, uh, I don't want to say it slips under the radar per se with all the great matches that happened in 2009, but 
man, just rewatching that match alone, I was just like, fuck, this was a great match. Um, yeah, and I, you, you get to the point where you're thinking, well, how many epic Will Ospreay matches do I want in my top 10? <laughs> right. It really, 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 really comes down to that. Um, so, yeah, it's just funny that you mentioned that Bandito-Will uh, match. And they were talking about that match in New York leading up to this match at the Best of Super Juniors, Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly did a really good job on this match. I really enjoyed this his call on this. Um, but, yeah, it was, that was a good rewatch, that Bandito-Will um, Ospreay match from Best of the Super Juniors. So. Uh, but to wrap it all up, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm looking at it. We'll see. I'll, I'll give you a solid we'll see. Um, it's going to be at least a grand to, to do everything that I, I would want to do. So I got to pay for Japan and all that shit. So we'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. The other thing that I thought was interesting was pointed out to me in Tomoyuki Oka, or the great Okan, as we know him now, put on his blog that he wants to challenge for the RevPro British heavyweight title. And I believe he's still undefeated. So going forward, if you had the, the branded Super J-Cast gun to your head, do you see it as great Okan versus Zach, great Okan versus Osprey, and who do you think wins? Huh. Um, I would say I I think they should put the the, the title on them. I I think absolutely they should. Um, you know, someone like Osprey would love to put him over. You know, I bet you Zach probably wouldn't have that big of a you know of a problem either. Um, who would I? And that could rather? also possibly open the door somewhere down the line when Oka returns to join a faction based on the outcome of that match right you know maybe you have like oh he earned zach's respect so he's joining suzuki goon or whatever form it is then or he i don't know something like that i'll tell you what I, i've heard more positive things um and and trust me i when i first saw that gimmick with you know with the fucking question mark and the the thing i was just like oh what the fuck is this um and it was a very brawl heavy style i don't know i just i wasn't feeling it more and more, like, like nerve holds. Yeah, yeah. It was like old school seventies uh, Asian wrestler. Um, the it was just you know it just wasn't I wasn't feeling it. Not not I don't know. I I can appreciate a a callback to old style wrestling. I I get it, but it just just felt like really I don't know kind of out of place in two thousand nineteen. Um. I, uh, but you were wrong, and he's amazing. I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, I was. I, I'll take the loss on that one. I don't know if he's amazing. You think? You're, are you going in an amazing land? I think he's really good. I think he's got a lot of upside, and he looks tremendous with the, yeah. you know, the crazy shaggy black hair and scraggly beards, and he's quite. He's bulked up a bit. He's looking more muscular, and I would just love to see him. Just suplexing the shit out of everyone, you know, storming back into New Japan, making a big splash. I that I would that I want to say. I would go so far as to say he's proved me wrong, one and two. Uh, I'm more into it than I ever have been, and three. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a very good. I'm gonna give it a very good. I'm not gonna go so far as awesome yet, but uh, I think a fair assessment is very good. Very good. We need to keep an eye on this upcoming match he's got with uh, Shota Umino. I think yeah. that'll be a really interesting watch. Yeah, that will be, actually. You know, th- to me, uh, I, w- I will be going out of my way when the minute that makes tape. 
um, and gets uploaded. That one, that one, to, that one to me actually has me more interested to see because they'll give them time and just to see what they can do on on you know on their own uh, without the the shackles of young lionness. That might that might be that might be the match that has me more interested than than even Osprey or Will or uh, Osprey or uh, Zach. That one might. And interestingly, uh, when he debuted the Great Okan gimmick. It was against Shota Umino, wasn't it? On uh, that Strong Style Evolve UK show. Was it late June in 2018? It was. So they're 20- already starting to build little seeds for an ongoing long-term feud between these two guys. Yeah. Yeah, that one, like I said, that, I think that that's the match I have circled. So what, is there a date on that? Do we know when that is going to happen? I would have to look it up. Someone ah, right, told me on Twitter, but I, I'd have to go and check. All right, but if but you it's can happening. Ramble on for a while. I can have a <laughs> but but I just, I just the only thing I would I, I, you know this this is not a pipe dream. This is this is a match that is booked and on paper. That's the only thing I, I I'm I want to say, like like if it's definitely happening, um, because because honestly you kind of got me hyped up for something like that. Um, so if you if you could use your Google Kung Fu. And okay, I found it. This yeah. is uh Oh, it's already happened. Saturday eighteenth ah! of January in the Mountbatten Leisure Center. Okay, so it already happened. All right, so it's gotta be all right, I'll keep my eyes peeled for that. All right, good. I wonder if there's any I will early... ask our friend of the show, Connell, how it was. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. We I definitely want to hear some feedback on that. Um I haven't heard anything, so I don't know if it's been if it was good or not. Um I haven't heard. Have you heard anything? Obviously not. Um, yeah, I, I got to check that out. I think that's going to be really good. Okay. Um, then let's get on to Fantastic Mania. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I um, the the glorious life of an international school teacher means that I had two weeks off for Christmas and New Year, uh-huh. and then went back to work for two weeks, and now I've got another two weeks off for Chinese New Year. Son of a so bitch. So I have had the luxury and the free time to be able to enjoy. I, I haven't watched the, the whole Fantastic Mania tour. I've sort of picked and choose based on people's recommendations, and I have seen some stuff, and I've got a few takes. Nothing. I mean, the, the, the fact is, Fantastic Mania is fun, but there's not that much to talk about. It's difficult to come up with any real angles or hot takes, but I've done my best, so we've got a few. Uh, but one thing I wanted to ask you about, Damon, is the Mexican food at Coracoen Hall. Have you mm. seen this? I did see. You did send me that, uh, or, or I saw it online, and maybe you posted it on Twitter. Yeah, they uh, they revamped the uh, snack stand and uh, with uh, Mexican favorites, it seemed like. Um, look, it, everything looked very traditional. <laughs> And everything looked to soup, soup to nuts, like like you were at Arena Mexico. Am, am I wrong in this? Am I? Am I? Okay, am I'm I... sending you a picture on uh, WhatsApp. There I specifically want you to talk to me about what they are calling the spicy tortilla. All right, so let's look at the spicy. It looks like a cock. Oh wait, <laughs> it looks like a cock peeking out of an underwear. It really does. Uh, okay, spicy tortilla or t- t- tortilla, as uh, I've heard pronounced. Um, I mean, when you when you hear Mexican food, when you hear spicy tortilla, yeah. what what image is it conjuring up in your mind? Uh, I'm thinking something like a you know burrito or a taco, where you got like one of those flour tortillas with some, you know, some nice 
fillings, maybe some spicy chicken or, or you know, carnitas or right. barbacoa or something like that. You know, yeah. Salsa, guacamole, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. That's what I think of when I hear spicy tortilla. Yeah, I'm thinking of a tamale right out of the gate, right? Like uh, something with like a, like a spicy bean and uh, meat mixture in there, right? Uh, again, cheese would be involved in this of some kind. Uh, maybe a uh, some rojas, rojas, uh, something spicy, some peppers, you know. Um, this ain't it. <laughs> As the kids say, Joel, this ain't it, Chief. Uh, Describe for the listeners what the spicy tortilla is. I, I'm telling you right now what it looks like. It looks like a cock peeking out of somebody's underwear. Like, it, this would be... <laughs> It looks like, you know what I mean? Like you're at the urinal and you, you know, you just kind of, you, you, you got that little hole in, in the front of your underwear, right? And you're kind of, you know, sliding out. Do, do, do people use that? The fly? Do they use the fly? I, I've used the fly. You don't use the fly? Sometimes I find it easier to just pull down the boxes or the briefs just to, to the side. I, I just grab hold of the leg and it's all happening through the conduit of the leg sleeve. Oh, okay. I'm. I would Rather go than poking my little John Thomas through the fly of the <laughs> underpants. I go fly. I a, a lot of times. I go fly a lot of times. Um, but sometimes I'll go over top, over top. Because here's the thing: we have that thing. We have that arc, right? Of you know, if you don't shake that arc, you're gonna get fucking piss running down your leg. You know what I mean? You have that. I get that all the time. Um, so I got to. Yeah, I, which I, is why po- trying to poke it through the fly of your your underpants mm-hmm. means that it makes the the shake the shake off difficult. Really, now it makes it a little bit easier for me. I find it a little bit. I find it a little bit more. You know, oh, because you you you're kind of bending your willy a bit, aren't you? And then it's I don't know. Well, I get it all up in there. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is what the spicy tortilla looks like. Um, it it looks like a cock peeking out. I from... <laughs> we've been sidetracked. Eh? <laughs> But that doesn't tell me- as if you don't want to talk about Fantastic Mania. Oh no, I do. I absolutely do. Um, do I? Uh, but no, that is that is just a, it's just a fucking hot dog wrapped up in a tortilla that you would buy at you know supermarket. You know, um, it doesn't even look warm. Like it just looks. That's it. But there's nothing inside of it. Like I don't know. Maybe it's like a maybe the sausage itself, the hot dog itself, is spicy. Maybe it's like a maybe maybe it's like a chorizo, um, but yeah, that looks nothing like it doesn't even look good. I'll be truthful. Um, five five hundred yen, five hundred yen. Um, I would I would pass on what they're calling the spicy tortilla. It sounded like you were going to say something else there. But uh, <laughs> the other thing that I thought was interesting is the attendance, which we get on Twitter from the uh, Fantastic Lucha blog. So Fantastic Mania turnout by year. So 2016, the turnout was 7,917. 2017, 8,965. 2018, this was after they added the eighth show, was 10,370. 2019, 10,263. And this year, 2020, is a new high. So record attendance uh, for Fantastic Mania, 10,449. So say what you will about the show, but the live fans are turning out in their droves to enjoy it it's look it's a it's never in doubt that it is a money-making tour for new japan 
Um, it's a, I don't want to I do not want to say it's an easier tour, but you can see the talent from a New Japan perspective that are on these shows. Um, I don't want to say it's a break for a lot of people, but it's a break for a lot of people. Um, and they're able to bring in people that, you know, for one time a year for a week or two that, you know, people get into it. I can appreciate that. That's fine. Again, the biggest challenge that I have with it, and I've said it many times, is that you're coming off of Wrestle Kingdom, where everyone is hyped and everyone is, you know, excited for the new programs uh, and and the ending of the old, and we want to see Two Belt Naito, and we want to see in meaningful programs, we, and we want to see Kota Ibushi, and we want to see Jay White, and we want to see Okada, and we want to see, you know, we're, we're hyped. We want to see the new tag champions. We want to, all that. And it's put on pause. Um, and we go for two weeks or so, uh, and none of this has anything to do with the rest of the year. Um, and I feel like, again, tradition and and the fact that they've done this this tour for well, probably close to 10 years now. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I understand the positives of it, but from a outsider looking in, it does feel like we're we're pressing pause when we should be using the momentum of two glorious days at the Tokyo Dome to kind of push us into new beginning. I disagree. I think it's a chance for fans to take a breather because it's non-canonical. If you skip it, you're not going to miss anything from the storylines. And I think it gives you a bit of space to breathe and relax before we start building up to new beginning. So I don't know a great deal about a lot of these CMLL wrestlers. So I was leaning heavily on the fantastic reviews written on Voices of Wrestling, uh, primarily by uh, our friend Ricardo Gallegos, who has written some... Uh, really good write-ups there, so definitely check those out if you want some recommendations and star ratings and more information and things like this. And, you know, lines like, and I quote, Fuego Pindoki, while an angry Taguchi, was trying to penetrate Namahage's anus with Doki's pipe. Yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Like, so- <laughs> like, like I'm, not, I'm not waking up at 4 o'clock in the fucking morning for that. I'm just, I, I, I hate to say it, just not for me. Well, there were certainly things to enjoy, and... One thing that I have singled out for praise here is the fact that on these kind of B or even well C-level tours, if you do watch every live show that makes it to New Japan World and you pay attention to it, you get little rewards. You're not going to get like huge storyline payoffs, but they'll have little kind of mini stories that are bubbling up throughout the tour and then you get a nice satisfying payoff at the end. So... One guy I wanted to talk about, uh, and whatever your thoughts are on the Exotico-type gimmicks, they really made an effort on this tour to push uh, a person called uh, Dolce Gardenia, who was teaming with Hiroshi Tanahashi and seemed incredibly over with the Karakuan crowd. And this is the guy who beat Kawato-san earlier in the year in a hair-versus-hair match. So Kawato-san is now <laughs> wearing a baseball cap to cover up his uh, the fact that he's a bald-headed geek. And so I've been asking around about Gardenia, apologies for my pronunciation. And from what I've been told, he's considered a bit too green for Best of the Super Juniors. But given the fact that they built a lot around him on this tour, 
and the fact that he got really good reception from the crowds, New Japan might want him back at some point. So he was having this little feud with LIJ as they were trying to figure out which one of them he really wants because he was trying to kiss them all during the match. And he kept managing to kiss Bushi, but he couldn't quite manage to kiss Evil. And Shingo was like the main guy that he wanted to kiss. And then Shingo's backstage saying he thinks it's a setup by Goto, which was sort of a nice way to try and build a bit of hype for the New Beginning tour. And that all built over these Karakuen shows with uh, Gardenia, Gardenia managing to kiss Evil and kiss Shingo in the final show. And it was just something that was you know, quite lighthearted and fun and had a little payoff there. And they, they led that spot where he managed to finally kiss Shingo into a really nice little closing sequence with Yu Uemura getting the hot tag. And Uemura is trying to take advantage of the fact that Shingo is a bit dazed and confused and he's trying to roll him up and get him with the Boston Crab. And it built up some heat for Yu Uemura, which I thought was a really smart way of doing it. And the crowd were red hot for that. So I thought it was pretty well executed there. Uh, he also managed to make Tanahashi an evil kiss. So that was one thing I wanted to point out there. And I was also wondering if you could look at Fantastic Mania and try and pick out which people are likely to get the green light for Best of the Super Juniors. And it seems, just based on this tour, that two guys to watch would be Titan, who of course was in it last year, and Soberano, who was in the Super Junior Tag League, uh, not last year, but the year before that, to somewhat mixed reviews. But he and Titan were quite impressive on this tour. Uh, they were probably two of the best performers they're well known in japan and i was just told as well that apparently jonathan gresham is working a progress super strong style tournament around the same time in best of the super juniors so it's it's likely that gresham won't be in best of the super juniors so it could be that there's an open spot so titan and sobrano might be two guys to keep an eye on for that and yota suji as well who seemed to work pretty well playing as the big man working off the the smaller, lighter, faster luchadors. And of course, there's a lot of talk at the moment about Suji possibly having his excursion in Mexico. So they seem seem to be laying the groundwork for that. And I think that will be a, a successful choice of destination for Yota Suji. But uh, I mean, in terms of notebook matches, nothing really involving any of the New Japan wrestlers is much to write home about. But there were some matches that I thought were... No, legitimate, exciting four-star matches that, if you've got the free time, are worth going out of your way to see, but don't involve any New Japan wrestlers. So there was the uh, final of the CMLL Family Tag Tournament with Cuatrero and Sanson defeating Angel de Oro and Niebla Roja. There was the NWA World Historic Light Heavyweight Championship match between Stuka Jr. and Okamura, which I was not expecting to enjoy, but was actually really good for two pretty old slow guys they put on a, a tremendous performance there and uh let me just check my thing oh the, the top two matches on the last night so this was the january 20th show there was the uh national six-man tag championship match between titan yebla roja and angel de oro against forestero cuatrero and sanson that was very good and also the main event with a NWA World Historic Middleweight Championship match between Caristico and Barbaro Cavanario was also really good. So those were matches I would say are worth checking out. Not must-see, but if you've got nothing to do, you've got a few hours to kill, then definitely load up New Japan World and check those out and get to see what's happening in CMLL. Nice. Nice shot by you. Um, how was... Um, this is the first time we've heard uh, Mavs and uh, Chris together on commentary how had they do yeah very good they'd obviously worked very hard they'd done their homework um working on the pronunciations and learning about the the background not only to the wrestlers but also to the feuds and the championships that they were fighting over and 
uh, definitely enhanced my enjoyment of it by providing that background and the fact that, like, for example, those uh, six-man tag team championships have been held by Forastero and Cuatrero and Sanson for nearly a thousand days. So just little things like that. You could tell that they were taking it very seriously and they'd worked hard and they prepared. And uh, honestly, if it hadn't had English commentary, I probably wouldn't have bothered watching. So uh, good job by Mavs and Chris. And I think it's great that they are making an effort to put out English commentary for these shows, which otherwise might just fall by the wayside for a lot of Western viewers. Right. And it definitely could have. That's that's a tough spot to be in for Mavs. You know, it's not like you hear his voice throughout the entire New Japan calendar year and and to be literally dropped in into the middle of a tour that you know, it's not like he's popping on New Japan World and and you know, he could watch old Fantastic Manias, but you know, to get current information and and to educate people watching these shows, that's a tough spot to be in. I mean, again, it's not like he's working New Japan shows every week. You know, he's 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 dropped in the middle of a tour that that's a tough that's a tough tour to call. Um, and again, with Chris working with Chris, who again is awesome with the Japanese his, history takes, but I'm sure he had to do a little bit of homework as well. That's a good job by both of them. That's 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 a, that's a tough spot to be in. Listen, that coward Kevin Kelly, he bailed out. <laughs> he ran to the fucking hills. <laughs> he he was like, no way. I'm out of here. I'm going home. Mavs, pick up the phone. Fantastic or what? No, that's a fake show. You're making it up. <laughs> right. See you at New Beginning. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, uh, but yeah, good job. Good job by both of those uh, guys because that's a, that's that like I said, that's a tough spot to be in. Um and to be able to uh do a lot of homework and educate the listeners. That's always important. So, uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, you might you might have sold me. I might I might go double back and and check them. I listen. I didn't. I truth be told, this makes me a terrible pro wrestling fan. Uh, so be it. Uh, I didn't watch one fucking second of any of it. <laughs> Not of it. Uh, I just you know, again, I just can't. I just didn't have it in. I didn't have it in me. I didn't have it in me. Um. So we'll 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 catch up. We got new beginnings right around the corner. I, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm very excited for new beginning shows. I think I think the new new beginning Japanese shows look fucking delicious, um, and even the U.S. shows. There's there again. We talked about it last week, um, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about how financially they're doing. In the words that that, that we you know we've heard and, and the information that we can see, but even the U.S. shows have some decent stuff on there. Um, eh, you know. I think maybe one show we could probably hand wave, but even then there's little pockets of things that we could find. Yeah, so in terms of previews, I'm just looking at the live schedule for New Japan World. Um, The actual New Beginning in Sapporo, the first show uh, is Saturday, February 1st. So we will preview that next week. But we do have these new beginning USA shows starting this Friday. So we've got Friday, January 24th in Tampa, then Sunday in Tennessee, Monday in Durham. And then I guess we'll be recording after that. But those shows aren't going to be live on World. So the only way to see these shows will be to be live in attendance. So I don't really know if there's any point me opening up the match lineup and us you know, right. giving our preview and predictions on this, given that 
we won't be watching it live. The listeners won't be watching it live. Who knows when it's going to go on Open World? So I'm inclined to not do that and maybe just discuss the the ticket situation because from what we've heard, uh, the Miami sales have been pretty rough. Slightly Atlanta better than expected, but the others seem fine. And it did appear on social media and Twitter that they were plugging those ticket sales really, really hard. They had the New Japan World account plugging it. They were asking the wrestlers to plug it. So you have various people go, oh, you, you got to check out these shows and there's special promotions and stuff going on. So it seemed that they were going into overdrive trying to sell these tickets. And for the Miami show, at least, it hasn't been a success. No. And again, I'm, no one's faulting the social media team, but... People who are fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling are already following them, right? You're you're preaching to the choir. They, I find it very hard to believe that if there's a person in in the Miami Dade County area. They're you know, and they're following New Japan Pro Wrestling on Twitter that they haven't already gone out and bought a ticket. Find it hard to believe that that that's not the case. The problem is is that you don't have a fan base. That's large enough in that area. You just don't. Um, and you've done a, a, a pretty horrible job of using other methods to promote that show specifically or those shows other than your social media team. What else has been done? You gotta hit the you gotta hit the pro wrestling fan. They don't know you're there. They don't know if they like you or not like you. They, they don't know you're there. Where's the radio spots? Where's the billboard? Where's the, the you know? The, you you got to where fucking have a street team. You got a street team? Get a street team. Look, we've said it a trillion times. You can't just rely on the audience that you already have they're doing nothing to to get that that pro wrestling that 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 pro wrestling fan that may not be happy with the current product they're doing they're not doing a lot i don't see it am i wrong joel am i am i out of my mind i don't see what no, at all david we know we've seen a lot of people who don't even know that new japan world is a thing right. they're asking questions like oh is they have they got english commentary for new japan and we are extremely in the bubble, we're extremely online, and we and the company have to acknowledge the fact that there are a ton of potential customers who are not on Twitter all the time and don't know that New Japan World is a thing. That's, you know, I mean, I, I, I have to... That's that's terrible job. You can't just, just announce a show and expect people to show up in certain markets. I mean, Miami is traditionally, let's be honest here, it's not the best sports town in the world, right? Why? Because it's Miami. Why would you sit in a fucking arena? And You know what I mean? You, you're, you, you got the best weather. You got beaches, restaurants, you know, smoke cigars. Now, again. Maybe in the seventies, you know, when, when Dusty and Eddie Graham and all that, Florida was a hotbed. Sure, I mean times have changed. So, one, 
they're not they're not doing a good job of reaching out to I guess the word I'm looking for is disenfranchised fans, you know, people who love pro wrestling but just can't find the product that they're that they that that they they that they can sink their teeth into. Just using social media ain't ain't going to do it. You're you're already talking to that audience. This is see this is the stuff that has me concerned when we talk about these these tours, right? And and this touring company of New Japan Pro Wrestling. That this this this, this is the stuff that concerns me. I understand that they're, they're running smaller buildings, but even that has me concerned. These are not big buildings. It's not like we're talking about they're running. You know the basketball arena, or the or the or you know where the where the Florida Panthers play. This is this, these are small buildings, Joel, two thousand seaters at best, and we're having trouble selling tickets to a two thousand seater. That's a problem, don't you think? I think this Miami one is somewhat of an anomaly, given as you say, it's not a hot wrestling town, and they've also put on a pretty weak card. So the combination right. of those two things makes me think, okay, that one's going to bomb. That's expected. So I wouldn't read too much into if, if you're specifically talking about Miami, but we'll have to see how the attendance does for the other shows. Okay, so let me ask you this, and I don't know if you have it in front of you. What's what is the tour schedule? Where does this thing start? Where does this where does this new beginning, you know, Florida territory tour? Where, where does it start? What's the first date? Friday, January twenty fourth in Tampa. In Tampa. Okay. Friday, February 24th. Then where do they go? They go to Miami? Uh, Sunday on the 26th is Tennessee. That's a fucking hike. That's not an... How are they getting there? Are they flying? Are they driving? You know, so, again, when you say, well, you know, they kind of knew Miami was going to suck, and, you know, but I, I mean, I can't imagine them going into it being like, ah, we're going to run a show and it's going to fucking tank. You know what I mean? Like that seems ludicrous to me because it's not just the arena. It's okay. Now we got to pack up all our shit. We got to rent a truck. We got to get the fucking shit to Tennessee. We got to get all our talent to Tennessee. That's not a. That's. A, I mean, if they're driving, Joel, it's got to be. It's got to be a, a good six-hour drive. Let me see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use my googling skills here. You say Tampa. Tampa to where? Mm. What's the town? Nashville? It's just, it says Tennessee War Memorial Auditorium. I think it's Nashville. Uh, we'll just call it. I'm going to say drive. Let's do drive time. Da, 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 dee, 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 dee. And actually, having said that about uh, Miami, looking at the card, it's, it's, it's probably one of the stronger ones on the tour. We've got... Uh, Rock and Roll Express against Colt Cabana Toriyano. We've got Jeff Cobb against Renarita. We've got main event of uh, Ibushi and Tanahashi against Gorillas of Destiny. That's probably one of the better ones on this tour. Yeah, yeah. Tampa to, to the Nash, uh, Tampa to Nashville is a ten-hour drive, so they got to be flying, right? Um, I mean that that costs money. You don't, you don't want you don't want these shows to lose money. That's the that's the last thing you want, and. You know, again, you got to consider the fact that costs money to, to 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 get them from from Tokyo to you know Tampa. Um, all right, so then the, the Nashville. So where do they go after Nashville? 
After Nashville, they are going to Durham, North Carolina. Okay. The next day, Monday, <laughs> January 27th. Okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. If Again, uh, North Carolina is right next to Tennessee. I mean, it's a little bit of a hike. You're driving through... I think I, I think I, I think I drove that over the summer. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so that I mean you're probably looking at about four or five hours at least there. Okay, and then from North Carolina to where? We're going from North Carolina to Miami. Oof. Thursday, January thirtieth. Who booked that shit? <laughs> I, I I mean, if, if you looked at this map, Joel, you'd be like, I mean, Tampa and Miami, you could drive to. Probably like a two-hour drive, I would think, right? Um, I mean, we're going we're going Tampa, but then we're going up again. If, if we're driving ten hours, I'm assuming we're flying, and then we're going cutting across Tennessee to get to North Carolina, and then going back down. Seems weird. I, you would think they would do Tampa, Miami, close to each other. Who booked this shit? That's a that's a fucking that's a pretty crazy schedule, actually. Um. I would assume that they're driving some of it. I can't imagine they're they're. It's got to be Tampa Nashville flight. It's got to be, and then Nashville drive to North Carolina, and then a flight from North Carolina down to Miami. I I, I that has to be it because they can't be driving all that way. It's like thirteen and hours. And then Atlanta Georgia after that. And then Atlanta Georgia after that, which is in the middle of both. So again, I mean logistically, I know they have to get the fucking buildings and all that shit, and it could have been booked, but. Miami, then up to Tampa, then up to uh, Atlanta, then up to Nashville, and then over to North Carolina would be make a little bit more sense. But they're 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 doing a circle and then they're going back up to Atlanta. They're probably leaving Atlanta because it's a hub. Atlanta's airport is a major major hub. Um, so they're probably leaving Atlanta, flying direct out, you know, to to Tokyo. I I don't know. I don't know why that kind of shit. I love that kind of logistic shit, like the pro wrestling logistics of the travel and everything. It does fucking excite me. All right. I know nobody else cares, but that's a fucking hell of a tour for those guys. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of traveling. Again, Tampa to Nashville, it's got to be a flight. But still, mm, that's a lot. That, mm. So Miami's doing okay, or Miami's doing shit ticket sales. Give me the ones that we're doing okay, that we're doing good. So we have uh, Miami's bad, Atlanta better than expected, others fine. Okay. All right. Fine meaning we're close to selling out. I know we don't have a lot of details, but yeah, I mean, again, 2,000 seaters, 3,000 seaters. I would hope we could do that. I, I, God damn, I, I, I would have thought we would we, we'd be okay with that. The problem is this. Do you know anyone that's traveling for these shows? Nope. No. Would 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 anyone travel for these shows? No. Right? So you you're literally drawing from the area of that town, like where that show is going to be run. It's not like you know, if we're running Madison Square Garden, obviously you have New York which is you know, a pretty pretty major city, Joe. I don't know if you heard. Um, and then you have surrounding areas that make it very easy to get to. Philadelphia. Even Washington to a certain degree. Boston. 
You have you have a, a many major cities that you can draw from. Miami, you're drawing from Miami. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you don't have New Japan fans in Miami, you ain't got New Japan. Nobody's coming in. Tampa, same way. Um, Nashville. I mean, where are you going to draw from? Kentucky, Arkansas. What four people going to hop in a car? You don't have a lot to draw from. Again, it's we're not asking for them to sell out the 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 hockey arena or the basketball arena. These aren't big buildings. We can't. We're struggling selling tickets. Fuck. How do we fix this, Joel? What do we got to do? Give me one thing that you would do to fix that situation. What's priority in number one? In terms of what? 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 What do we want? Keeping the same small venues, but selling them out. Is that yeah, what you mean? I, that's all I'm asking right now. I think running the show parallel to the new the new beginning Japan is stretching the resources too thinly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you can put on a house show level card uh, where people wrestlers not having to you know break their backs to put on five star classics by having guys like Okada Naito in those big 10-man tag matches. And then you've got the draw of, hey, I'm going to get to see Okada live. I'm going to get to see Naito live. But they obviously can't do that because they're going to be working shows in Japan. And they've put Tanahashi and Ibushi, but again, we'll wait and see how ticket sales do, but obviously that in and of itself is not a big enough draw. So I think had they had a quote-unquote full New Japan roster flying over, even if it wasn't in sexy matches... I think being having the chance to see that roster in the flesh would have shifted a lot more tickets than the current lineup has done. How important to you do you feel, one, having local promotions set up in that area, on the ground, getting the word out about New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then two, big picture, does this scream volumes that TV is an absolute necessity in this country? Hmm. I I don't know enough about the TV business to say, but I would certainly think that losing that TV deal with Access is a problem. Because like we said before, how are you going to reach those casual viewers? You know, people who are flicking through their channels who might stumble across New Japan Pro Wrestling... And now that's been taken off the table. Right. Yeah, as much as we kind of hand-waved it when it was there, you know, we're watching shit live, and again, we're in that bubble. There is something to be said about flicking on that TV and seeing, you know, G1 or Wrestle Kingdom or whatever. And, and, and you know, they got it to the point, Access TV, they got it to the point where they were like, you know, for major shows, they were just like a week behind. It's not bad. Um, yeah, I think I think that Access TV might hurt New Japan more than than we care to admit. <sighs> they got to get some kind of TV deal, Joel. They got to get something. They got to get something because because you're not going to hit. I mean, you mentioned it. That fucking people don't even know about New Japan World. 
at this point in the game. There are there are pro wrestling fans. And, and again, I don't want to use Reddit as a fucking barometer, but I'm going to use Reddit as a barometer. You go on there and there's all the time. How do I watch how do I watch New Japan? Do they have weekly shows? They don't know. I can't believe it, but they don't know. And it's a format that is unusual to the average American viewer, isn't it? Because American viewers are used to having weekly TV. And to try to explain the format, well, no, they don't have weekly TV. They have tours and they have road two shows. And then that will build up to special. And it's kind of confusing for a novice fan, isn't it? It is. And I will say this. Americans, and again, I'm generalizing, but they really aren't too great on going out of their way to consume their media, right? I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, still... and a lot of people watch WWE at the moment and they know it's crap and they're not enjoying it, but they're just doing it out of habit because right. they know, uh, I turn on the TV Monday night at this time, this channel, and there's going to be wrestling on and it's just habitual. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest complaints that, you know, Colin would have is that there are, you know, the, the the apps. He was always about the apps, the fucking apps, apps, apps. And I would always be like, well, who the fucking cares about the app? App schmap, who cares? No, we need apps, we need apps. And I kind of see his point in the sense that you got to make it as easy as fuck for dumb Americans. You have to. You have to. And 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 the and the more more steps that are involved for someone to get involved in stuff. It's you know, it's amazing. I mean, I'm still baffled that a thing like Netflix or Hulu and and let's be honest here, it's not like it, there's they're massively popular, but they're still popular here in the states. Um something like that would catch on just because there is, you know, there there is a certain line in the sand when it comes to age and demographic and, and stuff like that where people are just hand-waving that type of technology just because they can't be bothered. Like, I, I just want to turn on my TV and watch, watch blah, blah, blah. Um, and New Japan is definitely one of those. For, again, first, it's pro wrestling. Two, it's Japanese pro wrestling. Let's be honest. It's not, you know, it's the, a, a lot of these names aren't going to be familiar to a ton of people. Again, if you like pro wrestling, you know the names. But, you know, if you're a casual fan or a fan that used to watch pro wrestling, you're not tuned in, dialed into a fucking Yoshihashi. Look, they're, they're, they're more popular than they've ever been in the United States. But man, they, they really need to do a better job of reevaluating where they stand, who their audience is, who their audience isn't currently, and how to reach those people. That's got to be priority one if for, for this thing to work. Again, these are 2,000 seaters that we're struggling to sell tickets to, and that concerns me deeply because not only is, are these current shows doing okay and you know, and some of them are struggling, it's the fact that there doesn't feel to me and there doesn't seem to be a plan to connect with those people. 
And again, if Ring of Honor starts catching up, uh, again, there's a lot of options out there for people. Impact, and even you know, you know AEW, and even you know WWE. There's a lot of options out there for people. There's only so much money. How do you connect with those people? I'd be curious to hear what people have to say of how do you connect with those people to help spread the word on this particular product. Yeah, certainly successes so far, but big picture, you've you got to aim very high when it comes to this kind of thing, and especially with all the competition that you've got. Now with All Elite Wrestling, they've re-upped their TV deal. Uh, Ring of Honor look like they're going to be back in the game. It's it's tough. It's a really tough market out there. It really is, especially when you're competing for, you know, scraps in, you know, Nashville and uh, you know, Durham, North Carolina and, you know, it, this is this is a this is a tough road and you need all hands on deck and I don't think we have all hands on deck. I just don't I just don't see the the marketing plan to to connect with those type of people. I, I just I don't know I, I I don't know where their where their heads are with this. Well, let's dig into some of the questions then. Uh, Discord first. We got the spear tip saying when you guys were going over the cards for Japan New Beginning shows, I was a little surprised you didn't notice that Osprey is being positioned as a heavyweight in all the matches he's in. It's not just prior to his title match against ZSJ, but afterwards too. Subtle indication that Will has moved up? Question mark. Yeah, it seems to be pointing in that direction. I guess the acid test is going to be when the announcements for Best of the Super Juniors come. If he is not in it, then I think we can safely draw a line under that and say he's a heavyweight. But certainly him ch- uh, challenging for the British heavyweight title is a sign. But he has challenged for it before, if right. I'm not mistaken. I, th- I believe he challenged, was it when Shibata had the belt? Back in 2017. So it's not the first time, and that's not necessarily saying, oh, he's a heavyweight now, but they are moving in that direction. Right, and they did dangle that carrot in front of us too when it came to the Never title, right? Um, and then the next thing you know, you know, they were shoving it down our throats that, oh, he's still a junior. Remember, everyone, he's still a junior. He's still a junior. Um, and, you know, best of the Super Junior Tournament and all that stuff, So and, and winning the title. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's one of those guys that could probably, you know, ride the fence. Um, I, I personally believe that his future is heavy, right? And I think that's where they're 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 pointing him in that direction. And I think dropping the the junior title at the dome was was a step in that direction as well. So um, yeah, I trust me. I think his future is. But again, I I don't know if I would read too much into the fact that those matches are primarily heavy. Um, but again, I think everybody kind of assumes that that's his future. Michael CC says, Stardom outdrew Fantastic and Mania in Karakuen 1,602 to 1,601. When can we expect the supplementary podcast on Bushiroad's biggest wrestling promotion, World (laughs) Wondering Stardom? And he also asked, what would Zack Sabre Jr. think of your fashion choices? Well, I am wearing ZSJ's little, not uh, his jacket thing. So he'd definitely approve of that. I don't know what you wear, Damon. Um... You're a stylish guy. I think he would be, he would definitely approve of your fashion i like his fashion let's put it that way like if i had his bod i'd be fucking doing very similar to what he does i like the uh uh clean classic lines the ben sherman uh, suits uh yeah so i would be online with that right now uh i'm just in a uh, 
a uh, thermal t-shirt long sleeve and uh, a pair of pajama pants <laughs> because it's six o'clock in the fucking morning here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, so I can rock a Fred uh, Perry polo and uh, uh, I can, uh, I can, I can, I can put that together. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, listen. One of the main reasons why I like Zach so much is uh, his style. I do like that. So uh, I'm all in on the Zach style. Yes. Oh, and the podcast. Finished- hey, start, start the podcast yourself. Start the podcast yourself. I know there's so many people on my Discord who really know their shit when it comes right. to Joshy and Stardom. Someone else do it. We'll, we'll give you the retweets, whatever you need. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, somebody. Nice. Not us. We don't know what we're talking about. No. And, and here's, that's but here's New Japan. Right, right. That's true. But here's the thing, Joel. Eh, you got to be fucking pretty entertaining. You know what I mean? You got to be. You got to. You got to know how to put on a show. You got to. You got to know how to captivate an audience. You know, got. You got to know how to deliver the information, not just read it off like a pack of animals. You got. You got to. You got to have a personality. You got to have it shine through the microphone. That's not easy to do. Not a lot of people can do that. I think we're pretty good at that. I think we're good at that. Uh, so I think the first twenty minutes of this show, I think so, right? <laughs> a proof of concept for that. Right, right, we're stars. This is what being a star is called. Ah, uh, fuck us. All right, uh, but yeah, do the do a stardom podcast. What are you waiting for? Get 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 your fucking mic. It's not hard. Get a fucking microphone. Record this shit. Upload it. And here, but here's the thing too. What's the hardest thing about doing this podcast, Joel? Making sure you do it every week. It's that grind. Those weeks when you're tired or you're sick or you're going on holiday or there's nothing interesting to talk about and you're thinking, oh, fuck, I've got to do this again. Really? That's the hardest part. It is. But once you do it, once you get into it, you're just kind of like, all right, this is fun. I'm having a good time, blah, blah, blah. I like talking to Joel, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. When it's it's, uh, Sunday night, and you're like, oh, I gotta fucking wake up at six o'clock and talk wrestling, and I don't have the energy to even fucking put on shoes, let alone talk wrestling. Uh, yeah, that's the grind. That's where people die out, right? Right, Emily? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and it's hard for us sometimes to do that, and we have quite a, a sizable number of people listening to this show. Right. It must be when you're starting that up and getting through that grind when there's like five people listening right. to the show, that's not easy. Listen, I never had that. They, they just came in droves the minute I fucking uploaded that. <laughs> that first show, Joel, just, I just, you know, I never experienced that. No, absolutely we did. Um, yeah, it's not easy. It's not, here's the thing, it's easy, but it's, again, it's that commitment to it. And it's that, um, it's like going to the gym. You know, you're not going to see results after a week. You're going to see results after six months, eight months. You know, that's it's and and, and you know sometimes you plateau and you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Um, you just do it. That's what you do. You just fucking do it. I've done this show longer than I've done just about anything else in my life. Let's put it that way. Aside from owning this house that I live in and being married, I don't. And there's nothing else I've done longer. There's like there's no hobby or anything. I, this is it. So, do it and stick to it. That's my, that's the uh, that's the rule. Assholes. <laughs> Why do I call them assholes? <laughs> Infinity right. says, if the Intercontinental Championship will be retired or merged with the Heavyweight Championship, are there any precedent of retired slash merged championships in New Japan before, and the yeah. story behind that? Oh, you want stories too? Well, they had that. Remember that? I don't know if you remember it, but 
maybe you caught it in the past. What was that? The U30 championship where they had this idea where these great pro wrestlers of all time of the history of New Japan pro wrestling uh, would determine the matches like Luthayas and like they they would throw these names in there like Hulk Hogan was in it. You know, it's like what? He's never gonna. This is r- ridiculous. Um, so they had that that title. I don't know. I, I think they just decided not to do it. I don't think it was emerging. Um, but they had that chant at U30, I think it was called. Um, this was a link. Yes, I'm looking at I've got the Wikipedia entry. So okay. it lasted for three years between uh, April 2003 and June 2006. So uh, the cha- Tanahashi was the champion, but with his 30th birthday approaching, he vacated the title and then the championship was de-emphasized and soon deactivated. There you go. There you go. Um, so there are only... <laughs> okay, so we got the reigns here. There are Tanahashi, then Nakamura, vacated, Tanahashi deactivated. <laughs> right, right. Didn't really take off, So did two it? people <laughs> with uh, a combined three reigns, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't really take off. Um, I'm trying to think, like, merging. Like, they usually just rebrand shit. Um, like, you know, back in the day, they had the WWF light heavyweight championship and the fucking um they just wind up merging stuff um, okay no i've got some stuff here there's okay. uh abandoned titles we got the iwgp third belt championship which was unified with the heavyweight championship after nakamura defeated the previous champion kurt angle okay uh, the nwf heavyweight championship yeah, 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 which yeah, was yeah. unified with the heavyweight title after nakamura defeated the previous champion yoshiro takayama the J Crown Greatest 18 Club Championship, well, WWF yeah. World Martial Arts Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yeah, so there's a, a, a lot of interesting stuff. If you have a look at the, uh, if you just go to New Japan Pro Wrestling's wiki, there's a whole section on championships, current and abandoned. So, well, that yeah, you know, the there's that you know famous picture of like Liger or uh, the Great Sasuke with those, all those titles, you know, where they had that idea of all these juniors who had titles were going to, and, and you know, in the beginning, the hype of the match, like all these champions are hit the ring and they're all standing in the ring and they all kind of throw their titles in a pile in the middle of the ring, right? Um, and the winner would be the, champ, the, you know, this universally renowned junior heavyweight. Um, so... I guess technically at one point all those titles were merged, but I still think they were separate because they would always carry – like you would walk to the ring and they'd have like fucking 14 titles wrapped around their arms. Um, but yeah, I mean it's probably the best resource. Uh, I'm not going to remember shit at fucking 7 o'clock in the morning, that's for sure. Next question is from Elliot. Elieras, who says, what do you guys think the big IWGP heavyweight story is going to be this year? Last year was Naito's quest for double gold. The year before that, it was the Okada Omega trilogy and that chase. I can't picture what the big story for this year might be. Also, Damon, thoughts on the perspective of Carson Wentz being injury prone and what it means for the Eagles going forward? All right. Let's start with the title first, shall we? Um, I think it's going to be the quest for the LIJ roll call at the Tokyo Dome. So, I, gun to my head, I think Naito holds it until Tokyo Dome next year. Okada wins the G1 and then there's the big question mark, can Naito retain it against Okada and get the roll call at the end of the night? Okay. I know everybody's 
crying for that roll call. They they, they felt disappointed with that one, huh? Um, I guess well, they strange... took it away for a reason. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, for some reason, I feel like this this might be, and I could be dead wrong. I probably am dead wrong. This feels like somebody coming back, excursion, putting a big, big fucking roll. I don't know why. I feel like I feel like this is a this is a return year. Somebody being put Who in a big role. Who's ready for that? Listen, don't tell me. Don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, who is ready for that? I, I, so another thing that's popped in my head: um, the the rehabbing is the wrong word. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ibushi, the fact that he went zero and two, and his redemption. redemption. The redemption, redemption of Kota Ibushi. Okay, I like that. I like. I, I think the most logical one would be Okada, though. That that idea. Maybe they go with that again. I don't know. I, 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 it is kind of a, a little bit of a question mark, right? Going into, I mean, listen, we're at, we're in, we're not even in February yet, so it's a little hard to say. But I think that's a pretty decent progression. Would you be excited for Naito Okada 3? Yeah, I would. Okay. It's a great match. It's a great story behind it. And that would be a, a genuine coin toss for me. I would have no idea who would win the, what would it be, the fourth match between them at Tokyo Dome. Right. Okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, the Wentz thing. Okay. He, like, your franchise quarterback is constantly constantly injured and that hit was pretty sketch i'm gonna be honest with you um and concussions can happen at any time it's not like he has a history of concussions but yeah every year he's winds up getting hurt and that that whole team though i can't blame any eagles fans for being i mean they were they were duct taped together i mean we're talking we're talking about fucking guys that were on the practice squad starting i mean key players Key positions, so you got you got to just fucking wash your hands this year for the. If you're an Eagles fan, you just got to wash your hands of that and start scratch next year. I can't blame Wentz for that, um, but yeah, eh, he does have a reputation for being a guy who's a little bit fragile. A lot, of, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries. Let's go to uh, Tejas92 says, what's with some of the faction names New Japan had back in the day, such as Great Bash Heel and CTU? A heel faction called Controlled Terrorism Unit seems odd. <laughs> it did. I did. And, and I thought maybe, you know, at the time, 24, the, the TV show 24 was pretty hot. I didn't know how hot it was in Japan. For it to... I had that as my ringtone. The that was like the ultimate series to binge watch back yeah. in the day you get yeah. the, the dvd box set i was at university at the time and just sit and watch the whole fucking thing yeah um but that was probably the last show that i can vividly remember that wasn't easily digestible that i was into right i was i was definitely into 24 we would watch that every fucking week um a lot of cliffhangers, but that's really the, the last like dramatic show I can really remember. Me being like, "All right, I'm all fucking in on this." Um, yeah, they have weird names. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. That's just fucking. But every, here's the thing: 
it's not just a New Japan thing. It's a really all Japanese pro wrestling has had, you know, factions and groups and gangs and weird names associated with it. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't ask me. I that that is a question I can't answer. Why, why you would name a group counter terrorism unit? Uh, I just maybe it just sounds cool, you know. Maybe you just. They're like, oh, it's it was English. control terrorism unit. Were they, was it saying that they were going to control terrorists, like they were anti-terrorists, or they were in control of the terrorists, like they were part of the terrorists? That, that's my big question. Uh, well, they wrestled as if they were the terrorists, but um, again, a lot of the the thing with Liger being a heel and such was him saying, basically saying that you know he's beaten everybody, he's been here forever, and nobody's shown any guts, and I got to go up the heavyweights to to get any type of challenge and stuff like that. Um, but that was a heel faction, mind you. Um, Goto was in there. Milano Collection AT was in there. Devitt was in there. Um, I can't say it was a fucking highlight for me, but... No, they were... They were. I would say they were the terrorists. <laughs> and they would run... Sh- like, they tried to like do like the whole NWO angle thing where they would run... Branded shows like CTU branded shows at Cork and Hall D- didn't work out very well. <laughs> Nonsense. All right, but yeah, that was that. Andy says, if Kenta fails to beat Naito for the double gold, what program would you put him in after New Beginning? I'd love to see him continue his top level shithousery into the G1. So, how do you maintain that? I think I I don't know. Kenta is not a guy who I feel loses anything by not winning the big match. I think just the power of his character and his promos and his in-ring shithousery are enough to keep him hot. But do you feel that he's someone that you want to put some singles gold on if he loses to Naito or just keep him going on with a singles program, maybe not necessarily for a title? Um, I, yeah, I don't think he loses anything by losing. Um I could see Intercontinental, you know, if they decided to split those belts once again. I could see him being in the mix for that. Absolutely. I think he's, again, you're not, it's, he's got a long way to fall being like the hottest heel in not only the promotion, but I could, you could make the, a very good argument of being the hottest heel in all of pro wrestling. Um, I don't think, I don't, I'm not too concerned about him taking a pinfall and him losing, losing that heat. I think, uh, again, you want to keep his, as you like to call it, shithousery level high. Uh, I, don't think he, I don't think he gets dinged up by taking a pinfall to, to Naito. I, and I, so I think, who, who would you have him as like the, the bounce back feud? Presumably you want to put him with a baby face that he can then go on and beat? Yeah. Uh, good question. I mean, how, how far low on the pecking order do – like, I would use Kenta as a guy at, moving forward, as a guy to help elevate other people. You know Maybe what I mean? Maybe a little feud with Osprey. Osprey might be a nice Sanada. one. Sonata might be a nice one. Maybe even a Juice. I would do that. Again, I'm not saying he's a guy that, that, that you know, winds up fucking putting over everybody. But – might not be a, you know a guy to help elevate some certain people, evils, sonatas. Yeah, I think that level is perfect for him. 
Next is Spicy Raj. He says, of the four, Naito, Okada, Ibushi and White, which are you most excited for in 2020? How do you think the next few months will play out for them? I'm really interested in what a titleless Okada looks like because obviously he did that in 2018 and he did the sort of depressed, red-haired balloon Okada, but he can't go back to that, I think. So he's got to come up with something fresh and I want to see what does... Uh, Okada away from the title picture look like because he's a guy who has very much been defined by that IWGP heavyweight championship he's just been the big gold belt guy so I'm interested to see what he comes up with this time to fill that gap yeah I mean I think it, it his story this year is going to be getting back into that position and I think just like you said I think a G1 win is in order as well um you know, so to, so trying to get wins over guys that you know help elevate him back into that position. So, yeah, I think it's going to be him trying to find that you know just get just get back on the horse, get back to, to that winning streak. Um, I don't know if it that if that necessarily means with guys like the top four. Right, I don't think you see him in a program early, at least, again with guys in the top four: White, Abush, Tanahashi. I don't know if you see that. Maybe it's a Kenta. You think a Kenta might be a, a fit for Okada? How about a, how about yeah, definitely? I, I think they sort of be like the the fact that he's feuding with Taichi at the moment. That kind yeah. of person. It's at that those kind of gatekeeper level. But uh, I mean, are, are you in agreement? Is of those people that were mentioned, Naito, Okada, Ibushi, White, who are you most excited for this year? I think Okada is going to be different again because a, a chase is almost always better than defending. I think Ibushi is is to me is the most interesting guy. How he comes back from two losses. How in, again we talked about who could take the who has enough in them to take a ding of two back to back losses. Um. Okay, so now how do we take that dent out and put a little bit more shine on him? Um, so I, to me, that's that's a, that's the interesting story for me uh, of of those four. How how does he come back? How does he find his groove? Uh, and what cha- and like who does he go against to to get that? Um, I like the idea of a tag situation right now with with Tana. But then after that, where where are we going with this? Um, so you know, maybe a little bit, maybe an Abushi with a little bit more edge, maybe an Abushi that's a little bit, you know, that pissed off, angrier, uh, a little bit more, um, a little bit more depth, right? Than maybe we've seen in the past from Abushi when it comes to someone who's just a little bit pissed off and angry that that might be that might be a, a way to go for him but yeah to me he's he's the guy that i'm looking at a, with a little bit more uh a little harder going into 2020 qqa says i'm taking the tanahashi ibushi tag team to indicate a bigger focus on the tag division in 2020 potentially as a way to main event some shows while the double title situation figures itself out, especially with Goto Ishii and Shingo Evil looking amazing as tag teams. Thoughts? I mean, this is exactly what we want, and seeing Finjuice feuding with Tanahashi Ibushi is a step in the right direction. That's ticking all the boxes for me so far, and again, that satisfies 
that need that New Japan have of taking those top guys out of the title picture and giving them something meaningful to do. Whether or not it continues, we don't know. But definitely it's been a much more positive start than last year. Although last year we did have that really good Evil Sonata versus Zack and Suzuki program right. going into New Beginning. And we were saying the same things last year. So again, we, we talked about this to death. Looks good so far. We'll wait and see. Ask us again in March. Right. March, April. Right. Let's see if they continue that trend. And I will say this. I don't think that there's any, any surprise of Tanahashi in a little bit of a tag team program. Right. I think that's that's a smart move. Right. Let's let's uh, let's minimize the wear and tear and a, and a tag situation with those three other people. Right. In that program to do a lot of that heavy lifting. I think that's a smart move on his part, uh, and it's and it again adds a, an extra layer of excitement to a tag situation that you know we were desperately you know clamoring for. It's uh, it's new, it's fresh, it helps preserve Tana a little bit longer. You got young guys that are looking to prove themselves with their first um, title defenses. I, I don't think anybody's complaining about this tag situation at all right now. D the Great says, how much does it bother you when you see the words music change due to international rights or some <laughs> such pop up on your screen? Personally, I find it really annoying, especially when it happens to someone that they just temporarily lost the rights to, such as Osprey was changed for a bit. They're going to err on the side of caution, right? The last thing they want is a lawyer ringing them up and saying, hey, you owe us money for playing some nonsense song. Um, look, it is what it is. I can't get fucking bands on Spotify because, you know, it is what it is. I, 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 I hate that it that it ruins your enjoyment, but got to get over it because that's that's how it is, right? Unless, I'm, you know, Japan's different, man. It's different. I mean, how many years did we go through where we didn't see any Liger merchandise? I told people there. I was like, you keep putting out shit now. Where were you? Where were you? Fifteen years ago. Problem was they didn't have the rights. They couldn't do it. I mean, we got TV. Uh, we got their New Japan's TV that they had every week. It's not on network, and a lot of the greatest stuff New Japan has ever done revolved around that weekly show. Great stuff, unbelievable stuff. That again, New Japan doesn't even have the rights to. It's a TV network that has it, sitting in a fucking vault collecting dust. So. I mean, I everybody's got the look. Here's the bottom line. Here's the problem. Everybody's got their fucking hands out, looking for, looking to get paid. Everybody's got their hand out. So that ain't going to change anytime soon. That's only going to get worse. So sorry, you're going to see that. You're going to see that pop up m- more times than not. The shirt guy says, if you guys were to make a New Japan video game, what would the roster look like? What legend slash alumni would be in? What matches would be in the story mode? Fire Pro Wrestling. Right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, it exists uh, already, so yeah. just go and play that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, that's. I mean, to me, that's the best. The idea of the customization and people creating, you know, wrestlers throughout the years. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, it already exists. Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, Vase Collector four twenty says, "Has Joel played Death Stranding yet?" There's a certain Shenmue ness to it. No, I haven't played it, and I won't play it because it just sounds oh. boring as fuck. It, from what I was told, the first. 10 hours of it uh, uh, you the main character trying to carry a heavy bag without falling over 
So <laughs> ten you know, hours? <laughs> yeah. At least. What the fuck? And I know Shenmue is a game that is not exactly respectful of the player's time, but you know, I've got to draw the line somewhere. So Death Stranding, no, a hard pass for me on that. Okay. I mean... Next question. Yeah, uh, unless you've got any... No, I got nothing. I'm saying, I heard the pause. I was uh, like, you want me to comment on this? I don't care. What the fuck am I going to say? All right. Uh, John Bob... Well, sometimes you jump in, sometimes you don't. I thought right. I'd give you a chance there, but uh, no, let's move on. Uh, John Bobiv says, Shingo, Evil, or Sonata, who will be higher on the card at the next Wrestle Kingdom? Between who? I'm sorry. Shingo, Evil, Sonata. Who's going to be higher? I would say... Yep. Sonata. Hmm. I would love it to be Shingo because he's the one who excites me the most from an in-ring perspective from those three. But the trajectory of Sonata and him getting a singles match this year at Wrestle Kingdom, you think they want to capitalize on that? And uh, you know him showing up at these the Tokyo Sports Award do you know they, they've they've got something there and you think they want to capitalize on that? So yeah, I think you're probably right. As much as I would like to see Shingo in a higher position, um, Ash two point one says. Okay, no, this is uh, it's fantasy booking, so I'm just gonna skip that one. You skip it? Uh, right, thank nine... you. Well, I can read it to you, but it's just, uh, what do you guys think of this? Kenta beats Naito, wins both belts, discards the IC titles. He was only interested in heavyweight. New Japan Cup winner becomes IC champ. While at Sakura Genesis, it's Kenta versus Naito rematch. Naito wins and does an LIJ sumo hall roll call. One, I don't think Naito loses the belt. I don't think Kenta needs to win the belt. Um, I like the idea of the IC belt being discarded and the New Japan Cup being for that, but. I don't think it does need. It needs to be through the conduit of Kenta that that happens. Um. Yeah, my eyes rolled in the back of my head when you started. Okay, <laughs> give it a no. Don't. Uh, 1987 Cordell Mitch says, I was looking over the New Beginning cards and see a name of Gabriel Kidd. What do you guys know about him and should we be on the lookout for this guy? Also, is this some of the strongest New Beginning cards you've seen in recent memory? So I did my homework on this and I asked our uh, resident Brit Rest expert, Robin Reed from uh, Voices of Wrestling, and he said uh, he's a Midlands UK guy who started really young, has a great natural size, initially got his breaks with WCPW, became a contender young boy in Rev Pro a few years back. Shibata liked him and invited him over to the LA Dojo. He's been training there since Royal Quest and is now in superb shape, has done ringside duties on and off in Japan too. He took the Archer Chokeslam at Wrestle Kingdom. He's good and has a good attitude. And I'm also going to share a link with you, Damon, which shows his physical transformation. And I think you would agree it's quite impressive. Let's just try and get the internet to send this one whilst the cat knocks over my microphone. Uh, there we go. Oh, there it is. See how we're doing here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I thought it was fucking Walter <laughs> on the left. Uh, yeah, he definitely. If you want to see to. this, you can go. Uh, sorry, Instagram Gabriel Kids underscore. If you want yeah. to find the picture we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, look, he looks like a completely different person physically. I mean, at least in those two body shots. Um, Well-defined now. Uh, Dare I say ripped. uh, uh, Kota Ibushi-esque powerful legs. He's got hockey player legs right now, man. Uh, And the one on the left, he looks looks like Walter. (laughs) I mean, take off the head. Uh, So, yeah, that that is an absolute transformation good job wow um i i'm actually kind of stunned by it like he, he looks like a completely different person so uh in in a year's time it says here from october 2018 to november 
Maybe I should hire him. Now he would kill me. I would I would quit in like fucking five minutes. He'd make me throw up. But yeah, I mean, proof's in the pudding. That guy, that guy really worked fucking hard. Good for him. Nice, good job. And again, he's had some plenty of experience in uh, the British wrestling scene. I see. Uh, had a little feud with Zach. I see. Right. Um, trying to see some names that people. Uh, oh, he wrestled uh, in 2016, El Desperado and El Ligro. Um, Damon voice. outing himself as a, a non-viewer of NXT UK. Yep, it's El Ligero, Damon, it, big star of the NXT UK. <laughs> is it? All right, well, I don't know. Fucking, I don't think I've watched NXT. I'm trying to think of the. the it last doesn't time, exist. I've, I've it made doesn't it exist. up. Yeah, I. Uh, the last time I watched NXT was. Probably when we went last year. That was probably the last time I watched the NXT. Um, let's see who else in there. Travis Banks, I see. Cody Rhodes. Zach. Uh, Shea Samuels. I mean, listen, he's wrestled some names. Travis Banks. Uh, la, 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 la. Zach again. Got a got a nice little history, and this is like 2017, 2018. Guy's been around the block a few times. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about him. David Starr. So, yep, good. I think I think we got ourselves a stud. Sensational Sarah says, please have Andrew T. Rich on as a guest. It will be podcast gold. No. Um, <laughs> there is another question to this as well, but I, I, I'm thinking ahead, Damon. When I do have to go back to Thailand for, uh, you know, fingers crossed, please God, all being well with the birth of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might need to get someone to step in depending yeah. how long I'm out for. So just something to think about. You know, you don't need to give me an answer now, but uh, keep it in the back of your mind. Uh, Sarah says, do you think Kota is going to suffer from a year, suffer for a year to redeem himself at Wrestle Kingdom 15 or with how this company loves long-term booking, it would end up being Wrestle Kingdom 20? How long do you think we'd have to wait for the redemption of Kota Ibushi? Like, do you think he wins the IWGP Heavyweight Title, and if so, when? How long is this going to take? Is that is that the only redemption? Is that is that no? We can't be satisfied with anything else except an IWGP Heavyweight Title. I think so. I think okay. that is what the the aim that should be the aim for Ibushi. I don't think he gets it. I don't think he, I don't think he I don't think he ever gets it. What do you think of that? I'm just imagining Nicole <laughs> throwing something. Motherfucker, <laughs> David. <laughs> um, I don't think he does. I don't. I don't. I mean, I just where, where, when when and how and where. Like this. Let's let me ask you this. Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, what have we just watched? 14. So Wrestle Kingdom. 16. So not 2021, 2022. All right. So two years. You know, Kota Ibushi's not 27. I know he looks it. You going to wait two years to put the title on him? Hmm. How old is he? What, 36, 37 at the moment? High 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, he looks like he's—he looks like he's twenty-one. 
that that's the the, the issue here that you've got I, the three guys in particular all at the same age uh, Ibushi, Naito, Shingo they're all 36, 37 and you think you've only got so much time with them as a top top elite tier performer right and you can't have all three of them being champions so it's right. it's a yeah it's a tricky one balancing that i i think he gets squeezed out and 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 if you do do it joel it's not like he's going to have this massive run it's not like it's going to be a super long run he's going to get a cup of coffee with that title he's not going to hold it forever I don't think he gets it. And that's not a knock on him. I don't think he would be a bad choice at all. I, I just don't I just don't see it. Yeah, I know plenty of people will probably agree with you. But I just feel that given that he has signed a long term deal with the company that not to say that they have promised him anything, but I just think just for a bit of freshness in the division as well. Having him winning the title at some point would be a good idea, but that's just me. Um, is that, would that be would that be satisfactory? Like a like a like a one title defense, one and done. Give, give him a six month run. You know, Dominion to Wrestle Kingdom or Wrestle Kingdom to Dominion, something like that. Okay, all right, all right. I don't I don't see it, but I'm not saying I'm, I want to be opposed to it. I would not be opposed to it, but I just don't see it right now. Dynamite Scott says. How about some very early predictions for this year's tournament winners? Best of Super Juniors, G1 Tag League, Super J Cup Junior Tag. Uh, so any off the top of your head, Damon, that you think, yeah, I think this is the guy to win this tournament. So just thinking best of the Super Juniors. I would love it to be El Desperado. But I'm just thinking who else could it be? Maybe Ryu Lee could be a winner. You know, he he, he falls short at New Beginning and then wins best of the super juniors has another crack at dominion uh it, it seems tricky that there, there doesn't seem to be a clear next guy but uh best of the super juniors gun to my head i'll probably say Ryu Lee, g1 okada uh tag league let's go evil and shingo and slot them in for wrestle kingdom uh super j cup give me let's have el desperado for that and okay. junior tag league hmm El Phantasma and Ishimori. Why not? I like them. I think they're good as a tag team. Okay. I'm going to go show for best of the Super Juniors. I'm going to go Okada for G1. Uh, World Tag. That sounds good. Shingo and Evil. Um, Junior. Oof. I think it's going to be somebody that we don't know yet. That might be one of the, the excursion teams. That might be a, a good pick. Uh, New Japan Cup. I'm going to see Will Ospreay. Yeah, I didn't say New Japan Cup. Yeah, I think Ospreay's a good shout. Someone I mentioned before that Ospreay Naito would be a really interesting main event for Sakura Genesis. Mm. Yep, I I do too. <laughs> I would I wouldn't be surprised if you see that. I would not be surprised. Uh, RT Cotton 9 says, which young line that's currently on excursion do you have the highest hopes for? So I guess out at the moment, we got Oka, Kawato, Umino, and Narita. So I think Shota Umino has the highest ceiling. I think he's got like future ace written all over him. Yeah, I think he's up there. I would say between him, I'm still a Kawato guy, man. 
I'm still all in on him. And I know people love to fucking hand wave some of the shit he's doing down in Mexico. I, I don't think that plays any factor in any of this. I think he'll be back and he'll be a star. And like he's one guy that I am absolutely looking forward to seeing back in the New Japan ring. Eric says, aside from Sanada, which New Japan stars are currently without long-term contracts? I don't know about this, Damon. Have you heard anything about people being without contracts? I mean, Lance Archer, from what I understand, has not got one, but uh, anyone else you know of? Um, You know, usually during Wrestle Kingdom, there's always that talk of, of contracts being up and people leaving and on. This was like one of the first years that we really didn't hear all that much about it. Um, No, I don't know of anyone that's on the like you know big name where it's like they don't have any maybe we ask let's let's that might be the question we ask because i'd be curious to know that too um is sonata the biggest name that doesn't have a contract and i don't know i'm not even 100 percent sure that he doesn't to be truthful he might be the biggest name though I'm trying to think of somebody else that might that might fit that mold. I'm assuming everybody else does. I have to find out. We'll have to find out, Joe, because I I I don't know who who would fall into that bucket. Galactica says, which young line do you think will return from excursion first, and which unit do you think they will end up in? Uh, I would guess Kawato, and I still think he's going to join Lij. Maybe you can have a Kawato and Bushi tag team junior tag team going on i think that will be fun yeah i think he's i think he's the one that will return first i agree hate to hate to just repeat what you said but yes that's that's i'm right there uh bad dad 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 bone says have you guys heard anything about any new young lines from the njpw dojo that haven't made it on the cards yet i'm excited about the new guys in the la dojo but i'm wondering who are the next japanese wrestlers new japan really have a lot of wrestlers coming up i don't know about this because at the moment the only japanese young lines we have are Yotosuji and Yu Uemura, and they made their debuts, I believe it was during the New Japan Cup tour two years ago. So it's been a while since we had any new Japanese young lines. So I haven't heard anything yet, but I wouldn't say it's a concern, but it's a bit of an eyebrow raiser that we haven't had, you know, it's been nearly two years and we haven't had the next Japanese guys coming through yet. Yeah, I'm be, it's tough. Can, that's a tough life. Not an easy life uh, doing that. I mean, I can't... There are, there are countless names that we don't even know, that you have never even heard of, that have, haven't even made it to, to, to get into the dojo, let alone graduate from the dojo. And there are plenty of people that when, even when they get past that hurdle... And that hurdle is pretty big. They can't stick it out. They can't, you know, it, for whatever reason, it's just they can't make it work. It's a hard life. They have a curfew. Like, when you start there, you have a curfew. You can't be out and running about. I, I, I was told it was like 11 o'clock. Um, they, they, the duties of the dojo, you know, <laughs> we were talking to Hanare about uh, you know who who makes the best chanko uh, and who doesn't make the best chanko. Um, and he, I, who did he say? Did he say Kitamura? 
who did he say fucking was the worst? Um, uh, I forget. Now, now it makes this story shit. But well, um, I watched one of the the documentaries that they had about the LA young lions, and I forget which one it was, but one of them was put wasabi in the chanko, which to me is. Uh, a gross culinary error. You would yeah. not want to be mixing wasabi with chanko. Yeah, I think he did say it was uh, Kitamura. Um, and he's like, I'm not Japanese, and I knew this was terrible. <laughs> right? you know? I, I thought that was pretty fucking funny. Uh, he said he, he was. this was the worst. Uh, garbage. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of responsibilities going into that. You know, it's And over and above that, you know, you're, you... They... Each... He was saying, like, each, like, factions are weird in the sense that it's not just a a pro-wrestling cameras are on, I'm in a faction kind of thing. Like, the faction thing goes all the way down to that, like, like the factions have certain times that they train at the dojo. Like, I was just like, oh, really? So, like, Chaos has the dojo to do what they need to do to work out their shit between... I don't know, I'm making up a time, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And Bullet Club would be 1 to, what, like, they have times that they do their shit. Um, and it's by faction. Anyway, my point being is this. Um, no, I haven't heard. I'm sure they're always looking for the athlete. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they did they recently just have tryouts? Because sworn I heard that. Yeah, I do remember the call going out for that fairly recently. Right. So again, it's 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 tough to get in. They don't pick every Tom, Dick, and Harry off the street just because you got big arms. Doesn't mean you fucking you're, you're getting in. Um, and then once you're in, it's it's a tough life. It's a tough life. Um. So you know, not everyone's cut out for it. So it, I'm I'm not too concerned, but uh. I'd rather I'd rather this system be in place to weed out those people. And again, as long as we're doing it by the letter of the law, I mean, I don't want anybody to get hurt or I don't want anybody to be scarred for life. And we've all heard those do- dojo stories. Uh, I, I like the idea of having something difficult and and a hurdle to, hurdles to to jump over. Um, as opposed to maybe other pro wrestling companies, you look good, and we'll turn you into a pro wrestler. Okay, we see, we've seen how that's worked out, <laughs> not very well. Go Ace O Nine says, "How long should New Japan keep Okada away from the title?" Again, according to my predictions of how things turn out, I would say. Well, I, I think he challenges for it at Wrestle Kingdom 15. Does he win it then? I, I don't know. I, I would like to see him kept away from the title for at least a year, if not longer. I Look, I'm, I'm under the firm agreement and understanding that Okada is the best wrestler in that company. And he's young. So I can't imagine him not seeing that gold again. Um, I'm okay with keeping him away from it for a little bit. Uh, a year, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. Um, I think there's plenty of things for him to do to kind of bide his time, to kind of build, to get back to where he needs to be. 
Uh, I still think he's the 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 center and and the top of the mountain when it comes to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I don't think he will be out of the mix very long. But if you want to go a year, I'm okay with that. Uh, have G1 be kind of like his launch point. Uh, I, I'd have no problem with that. Not sure if you know about this one. NJ Devils fourteen ninety three says, "Just wondering if you know whether or not Samurai TV is available in America." I think you no. need to get some sort of special equipment or services. Like I think there was an IPTV service that carried Samurai TV. You got to pay about two hundred dollars per year, and then you could get like you know Japanese baseball and around fifty Japanese channels, something like that. But uh, yep. I'm not sure about these days. Yeah, you can't get it in the states unless it's IPTV. So there's not like uh, you can get it on your cable packages or anything like that. Um, the only way that you can get it is through an IPTV service. Um, I mean, just Google IPTV Japan. Um, there's plenty of services, and there's a package there. I think it's – I'm going to say it's like 20 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month um, that will work on various Android devices. Uh, Fire Stick it will work on, so you have to kind of sideload your Fire Stick. But, uh, yep. Uh, you pay twenty bucks a month. Look, I'm not saying it's legal, <laughs> but but, but um, it, it it's there. It's available. So um, yeah, Samurai TV is part of it. Samurai TV is is okay, but I will say this: uh, you're gonna in a given month. There's a lot of repeating of stuff, and a lot of uh, it's not like it's 24 hours of fresh content. Um, Live shows, yes, they do have it, but it's not like it's every night. Um, most, again, most times I, when I turned it on, it's like you're getting, you know, in a big Japan show from 2014. And if that floats your boat, cool, great, it's there. Um, and you'll get like these, you know, kind of side shows. And the one thing they do have is this show called, I think it's called Battleman, it's like a news program. Um, and they show clips from all kinds of promotions, and that's like a it's like a sports center for pro wrestling in Japan, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, at the, to me, that's one of the cooler cooler shows on Samurai, uh, along with the live stuff. But again, know what you're getting into. It's not like it's like 24 hours of new fresh programming. There's a lot of repeats you're going to see in a given month. But again, you'll see live shows. I think Noah's on there, and um, Big Japan. You'll see and. Uh, other promotions as well. Will says it's worth noting that uh, in 2019 did not see one heavy uh, Rev Pro heavyweight title defense at York Hall. Uh, ZSJ hasn't defended the title on a Rev Pro show since June's show in Manchester. He hasn't defended it against a non New Japan guy since he faced James Mason last March. Is this a concern? Is Rev Pro using New Japan talent properly? Have they built talent with New Japan guys or failed ROH style? And that question is from JDM. Fair. It's fair art. Fair point, right? I mean, listen, if this were any other promotion, we would probably be complaining about it, right? Um, I Here's the problem, though. I just don't know enough about Rev Pro's dynamics and how often they run shows and where their big shows fall and stuff like that. But if he's saying he hasn't seen their title being defended since September, I would think that if you're a Rev Pro fan, that's got to be a bit concerning, Rachel. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a bit of a red flag. You've got to get that balance right between, like we talked about earlier with Ring of Honor, 
um, making best use of the New Japan talent that you have available, but also making sure that you have that next guy and ideally next cluster of guys who are ready to to step up and take that ball and run with it. Because if you were to ask me, okay, which guys are they building up? Well, Oka, but he's another New Japan guy. And you got Michael Oku as well, but he is not a heavyweight. He would be someone that definitely you're looking for the uh, cruiserweight title somewhere along the line, but I don't really think he's a credible heavyweight at this point in time. So yeah, definitely a few eyebrows raised on that front. Yeah, I mean, it's but that that's it feels like that's a complaint that lots of people have when dealing with New Japan, right? Um, so, but but listen, if we're being fair and we're not being just heavy handed toward Ring of Honor, um, yeah, if I'm a Rev Pro fan, I'd be I'd have I'd be looking at that situation a little bit harder. Yeah, absolutely. Brad says the absence of Jeff Cobb on Wrestle Kingdom 14 was unfortunate. Would it be safe to say he's most likely continuing his ROH contract at this point? I've recently read that he prioritizes New Japan, and if that's the case, he may very well have re-signed with ROH for potential opportunities for further work uh, with them, uh, New Japan. For all the reasons you've discussed about the ROH-New Japan relationship as of late, this is somewhat concerning. Um, in my opinion, Cobb is a perfect fit for practically any promotion, but as a full-time New Japan guy, he's a no-brainer. What do you think I, about the future of Jeff Cobb? I think I think that I I mean I know the company likes him, and I know that if there was a spot on Wrestle Kingdom where he wasn't shoehorned in, um, he'd be on the show. I mean, look at the show as a whole. You know, we were shoehorning guys in with two nights. Um, no, I know they like him, and I know he likes being there, and I can't imagine that that ending. So. Uh, I would expect to see him on future tours. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I've got a few questions about factions. Uh, John says, which faction do you think has run its course and should be broken up for something new? KSJ49, can you see any new stables being founded in 2020? Feels like New Japan needs a reset there. Uh, the Wizard says, in the AW spirit, who in New Japan needs to join which faction? And Headlock Master says, should Chaos and Main Unit separate? Uh, this is one of those things that, especially around New Year Dash time, everyone speculates, oh, there's going to be a faction shake-up. And you think it's coming, but it never actually comes. But it does feel that things are a little bit stale. But you you have to consider the merchandise element of it. Because whilst it might seem like a great idea to just get rid of a certain faction, they do sell a lot of merchandise for those factions. So I don't necessarily think any of them are going to be dissolved. But is there space for a new one? Possibly, yeah. I would like to see a shake-up, but I'm not going to hold my breath for it. I would say there's like a 15% chance of it actually happening. Yeah, I think it's very low. Um, to me, the, my least the, the the faction that I have probably have the least interest in might be Chaos. Um, they serve a purpose. I mean, I kind of just explain just just to make things easier and travel and um, you know things like that. They they, they kind of use it. <laughs> yeah. And people yeah. buy their shit, Damon. When yeah. you're out in Japan, you go to these shows, you see people with their chaos towels and chaos scars and stuff. People people are into it. Yeah, it's the team you root for, right? It kind of feels like it in, in that sense. So no, I don't see... I don't see them getting away from that mindset. Uh, do I see any new ones forming? I doubt it. I mean, let's be honest. When was the last one that was, that's been formed? It's been a while, hasn't it? Um, I, I, I can't. I can't, they're not going to break a bullet club. Let's put it that way. Um, 
people were talking about LIJ and how, you know, Evil and Sonata, they have to break away from that just to kind of take the next level and the next step. But even then, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, no, I think, I think uh, if, again, you put the gun to my head, I think everything remains status quo for 2020. I'm going to lump together another load of questions here. Nick says, who do you think is someone that might have a breakout year based on how Wrestle Kingdom and Dash went? William says, who would you like to see elevated in 2020? Leo says, who do you currently see to make a huge main event star from the bench in New Japan as part of the Big Five? Infinity says, if next year New Japan must crown a brand new IWGP heavyweight champion, someone who's never won it before, who would it be realistically? Uh, last year it was Jay White. Who will be the Jay White of 2020? Life Phase 2 says, who do you predict is the next heavyweight cha- is a heavyweight champ five years from today? And Combs Pete says, um, who's most likely to be the next first-time IWGP heavyweight champion? So if we had to pick one guy, Damon, who it will be elevated to that next level this calendar year, who do you think would be? Because... You think contenders are guys like Shingo, guys like Will Ospreay. I would say those are the two at the moment that I think are the hottest and most likely to be elevated into that mix and potential future IWGP heavyweight champions and leading more... I I still think Ospreay is going to win that belt at some point in the future. I don't know if I would stake any amount of money on Shingo winning that belt. I definitely think there's great value in him being elevated to that level, where he's in the mix. You know, maybe an IC title, challenging for the belt, maybe even a G1 win and a, a failed title challenge, but I don't necessarily know if they would put the title on him. But what do you think? If you had to pick one guy, you know, a, a so who's never won the title before, who's going to be elevated this year to get to that level, who do you think it would be? Um, I think there's three guys that we you, that we mentioned. Abushi would be one of those guys. I don't see him winning the title, but I but it definitely could happen, right? Um, he's one of those guys that's right there, right on the cusp. Uh, second guy, Will, right? Kind of making the leap and full-time commitment heavyweight, and there's a lots of things that he could be doing there. Um, is he... Heavyweight title bound. There was a lot of talk going into a you know in the middle of 2019 where that could be a possibility. Um, and, and sorry to jump in, but also that long term story he's got with Okada, he would right. be the perfect guy for him to win it because they've got this thing. They've I don't know about four matches together, and Okada's won all of them. So you're looking for a payoff for that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think maybe from a from a a, a lesser perspective making but still making a big jump in their progression i still say show i still say show is one of those guys that that um he's he he's not going to be a tag wrestler for very long and i just think that again maybe a best of the super junior win maybe an iwgp junior title win um and then let's see where we go from there again i know height is a is a massive issue Man, I, I just see him not being a junior, right? Um, I know that's going to be hard to, to do. You got to get him some fucking lifts in his boots. But he's one guy that might be, you know, you might want to circle. I, I really just think he's there's uh, there's so much more that they're going to do with that guy. Um, very long term. I mean, there's here's a name that we haven't mentioned, but we, we do mention a lot when his name is brought up. Carl Fredericks. Right? There's that, that. There's a guy that, you know, if you're making a leap from young lion to okay, you know, I don't know, U.S. title, 
never six-man title, tag title, uh, and starting that progression that maybe Juice was on you know, a, a year or two ago, that might be a guy you might want to look at too. So there's four names that I think will be taking next-level jumps. Interesting, we did mention Sanada as well, who's a guy who definitely got elevation. But uh, gun to your head, Sanada is a future champion? No, no. I, 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 no, I wouldn't put the heavyweight title on him. I just wouldn't. Um, it, it, again, if they split the Intercontinental title again, yeah. Never title? Sure. U.S. title? Yeah, what, why not? Brit, any of them. I, I just don't see him heavyweight title. What about Hiromu? Hiromu feels to me like a show in the sense of how do you get over the size? Unless pro wrestling in Japan changes dramatically and the mindset of the people change dramatically, it's going to be hard to have Hiromu be heavyweight, right? He just doesn't have the size. And, it's, and that's always an issue. To this day, it's always an issue with ju- the line in the sand between juniors and heavies. Uh, uh, here's, here's the sad part. What you're, what, you're, what you're building yourself up to. And again, you, you could be Liger, right? And literally be the king of the juniors. It's a good thing. You, you're going to have Hiromo be king of the juniors. And 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 I, I, I don't know how you get past that. A never title win? Sure. Would I even go so far as to say intercontinental? I really feel like the, the landscape would have to change and mindset and education uh, of, of a pro wrestling fan in Japan would have to change. I, I think you're limited by by size, unfortunately. And until that changes, it's going to be a hard hard thing to do to ma- make him anything more than a junior heavyweight champion. I've said in the past, I think he's such a transcendental star that you can use him to elevate the junior division and have the junior title main event a few more shows and have the junior title matches bumped slightly higher up the card and just gradually build it up to the point where people are just excited to see that junior title because Hiromu is involved in that division. So that would be, I think, the way forward. But it wouldn't shock me if they do move into heavyweight at some point in the future because he's just so damn popular with, well, Japanese fans and foreign fans as well. Uh, And on the topic of Hiromu, be uh, Daniel Warren say, uh, Daniel Warren Art says I know I could ask this on the internet I'd rather get you guys' top Hiromu matches I got into New Japan right after he got hurt so I missed the train so Hiromu matches of course the best of the Super Juniors final from 2018 uh, against Taiji Ishimori that was an yep. incredible match um, the, the match he had at Wrestle Kingdom 11 against Kushida that was terrific as well and really sold me on the, this idea of Hiromu as a guy who was just out of his mind because he's not going to land every move perfectly. It's not going to be crisply executed. He's, he fucks stuff up, but then he does something crazy to compensate for it. Um, what else was there? There was uh, Dragon Lake. The, the Kushida match at, yeah. uh, was it Dominion in uh, 2017? That was really good. Uh, Desperado match at Best of Super Juniors in 2018. That was fantastic. Any others for you, Damon? Yeah, Dragon Lee. The Dragon Lee match. But They've had was, quite a few, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, which one? I think it was the same card as Elgin and um, 
Naito. Naito. Um, so that yeah. was New Beginning 2017. 2017, yeah. Yeah. That match. That that match might be number one on my list. That, that was incredible. And that was actually the same show that had uh, Osprey versus Shibata for the Red Pro title. Uh, you might be right about that. Yes, yes. Uh, they also did. Um, they were also did a match in um, San Francisco, didn't they? Um, Dragon Lee and and uh, Hiromo. Um, yeah, so the one he got hurt, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There were, I there mean, were that, a couple of Dragon Lee versus Kamaitachi matches as well. There was one uh, January 2016, and uh, in CMLL in I believe that was March of 2016 as well. That are worth checking out. Yeah, a lot of Osprey matches. There was Dominion 2018, New Beginning 2018. They were terrific. Just so much. I mean, pretty much any time you got Hiromu in a singles match, then it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the, we gave you highlights, but truth be told, just hop in New Japan World, look for singles matches involving him, and you're not going to go wrong. You know what I mean? You're not going to go wrong. Um. Being Frank81 says, what do you guys think of Hinare turning heel and latching onto his mentor, Bad Luck Farley? How's that for a fresh coat of paint? The money is in him eventually turning baby again when it's him versus Bullet Club. That was something we predicted like over a year ago when they were booking, they had, they had Farley versus Hinare singles matches. And mm. I was thinking, oh, this, this is going to be the turn. This is where he joins Bullet Club. But no, they were just like two minute squash matches. So uh, yeah, it would make sense to do that. Maybe a bit too easy to do that given the connection uh maybe they see more upside in hanara as a baby face so they don't want to turn him heel but um what do you reckon suzuki goon uh mma kind of taz-esque davy boy smith-esque kind of guy what do you think okay so how do we get to that point do they kidnap him and brainwash him <laughs> and then <laughs> Unleash him on the world. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, I would like to see Hanare and Suzuki Gun. How about that? Right? Use again. He loves training. Apparently, um, not apparently. He, that's what he's told us. Um, MMA, kickboxing, um, shoot style. Like he really. That's that. That is his is his wheelhouse. Like he was going to be an MMA fighter before he got in pro wrestling. Um, and, and, you know, he made the decision for, for, for pro wrestling, obviously, but like, he really likes that shit. Like, I think it would be a really good, like, again, I'm not saying be Taz, but Taz-esque, right? That's, that's what I see. Um, as, as almost like, again, like a, like a shooter MMA, uh, you know, very hard hitting guy, right? So I, I, I would like that a lot, actually, in Suzuki. So that, that would be my pick. I fixed it for having, you, Hanari. To having team up with Oka. Mm. And they could right. be like the shoot-style tag teams tearing yeah. up together. Right. Uh, I'm down. One more question? One more question, and then I got to go. Violent Skipping says, you were quite rightly full of praise for the English commentary. I seem to recall hearing that they get... Next to no input from the company regarding the booking direction. Is this still the case? And if so, is it because they want genuine reactions or are they being overlooked? I don't think they tell any of the, the commentary team, uh, English-speaking or Japanese-speaking, you know, what the booking directions are, who's going to win matches, for the reason that, yeah, you, you want genuine reactions. And I think 
some of that would be compromised if you know for example you were to tell a kevin kelly going into wrestle kingdom 14 that oh by, by the way naito's winning this like why why would you do that right i think that he i think the english commentary team or, or certain people in the english commentary team might know um uh bits and pieces um like they might know in advance here, here's a perfect example. I'm not saying they did or they didn't, but to allow them to do homework on Fantastic Mania, they might know in advance who's going on that tour, right? Who who would be going on Fantastic Mania so that they can do their homework. Um, maybe even they were clued in a little bit early on, say, uh, Stardom, right? The Stardom match at Wrestle Kingdom. They might be clued in a little bit earlier to that information just so... Again, it helps them prepare for the broadcast. Uh, do I think that they know booking decisions? Like, they, do they know right now who's going to win G1? Probably not, right? Um, and I think that's for the better. And I think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't we have a conversation one time with Kevin Kelly? Uh, and Point Black asked him if he prefers that. And, and he even mentioned that he likes to be in the moment, so he'd rather not know, um, just so he can call it as he sees it, like it were a sport. And if he were clued in a little bit on some of the finishes, then maybe he'd uh, jump the gun or, you know, maybe uh, not be as genuine with his commentary. So uh, so I think there are plenty of things that they know in advance. They might know uh, logistic things in advance, but they might not know finishes uh, right for a specific show just to keep the broadcast as authentic as possible all right well that wraps things up for this week um you can go to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to throw some money our way to show appreciation for all the work that we do thank you also to our sponsors manscape.com you can use promo code superjcast to get 20 percent off and free shipping uh, you can visit our discord server as well link to that is in the show notes ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast. Uh, when the fine people from ProWrestlingTees get back to the office after the Jericho Cruise, I should have an exciting new design from the wonderful Tapler available soon, uh, which I think is brilliant and it's probably it going to be only of interest to me, but hopefully a few of you out there might get a kick out of it too. Uh, Damon, you've seen it as well, so it's, it's it. good, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's on brand. Um... I think I, I think we even had requests for it. So yes, um, yes. I think I think we'll enjoy, I think everybody will enjoy it, and uh, I think it'll be a big seller. I, I, that's my prediction. Uh, massive thanks as always to editor Dan. Visit his YouTube channel and Twitter channel Escape the Box UK. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs>